Welcome to A Word of Influence, episode 19. I am your host, Perry Morton, and today, it's actually my birthday, so here we do one, like, so, you know, just have some fun. If you didn't catch the One Piece Part 2 podcast that we did uh, two days ago, please, it was awesome. You guys are so amazing, like, I woke up this morning, so, like, we went from five downloads to 25 downloads, so thanks for the support, guys. It means a lot. You never, you don't know how much support it really does. But today, I got a couple friends that were actually in a store, but I won't say where. But today, I have Jordan Simpson and Jenny Allison. How y'all hey. doing today? Happy I'm birthday. lovely. <laughs> oh, but happy birthday! <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah, I figured like I'm gonna do two this week, so let's just do it. Like, fuck it. Birthday podcast week. <laughs> 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 yeah, but um. Anyways, we've been trying to schedule this, but, like, I guess shit happens, you know. We'll go with that. <laughs> like, shit just happens in life, and that's fine. But, like, what this podcast is about is how video games, music, or, like, anything in culture might had, might be influencing to you or has influenced your life to right now. So, that's why it's called a word of influence. And just to shorten it down, we call it AWOY. Because, like, we like to have AWOY moments, which, like, we kind of had it, like, earlier, like, off air before we started. Just, like, kind of deep conversation that it's, like... About alcohol downtown. <laughs> like, alcohol downtown. And, <laughs> or, like, just deep conversation about, like, wait, like, what's the centerpiece of this? So, it's, like, just <laughs> funny. <laughs> it's just really funny. But, anyways, we'll start off with you, and then we'll start with you, Jordan. Um, what, what video game growing up influenced you the most uh it's probably tomb raider tomb raider oh gosh you're the first person to actually say tomb raider because it was really it was empowering to me to have a female character to look up to who wasn't so dependent on an on a male or anybody else she just held her own and she just kicked ass like everywhere she went like even in the reboot games like the current ones, like, she starts out, like, really whiny and complaining, which I would probably be, too, if I was, like, 18 mm-hmm. and out in the wilderness trying to avenge my dad and everything. But, you know, it's just empowering to have a female, a positive female character to look up to. Mm-hmm. So, like, you play the original Tomb Raider, so... Yes. Gosh, I'm going to be straight up honest with you. Like, I thought those were terrible. <laughs> like, just because, like, I just didn't have time back then to play it yeah but like i don't know what hit me like when i saw tomb raider like rise of the tomb raider no was it was that the first one the first one is just tomb raider is it just tomb raider so it's just like a completely remake of it so it's like when i saw it i was like i need to get that i need i need to do this rise of the tomb raider is fantastic i love rise of the tomb raider i beat that game so like for like but it's honest like you're the first person to say tomb raider like or just like something different that I didn't think would be because like everyone's like default is Pokemon, which no disband to that, but just like everyone just says Pokemon. And I'm like, okay, cool. That's awesome. Like <laughs> I love Pokemon too, and you know, but like for me, it was just it was Tomb Raider. That's all I ever wanted. Like every Christmas, birthday, Easter, whenever I would get presents, I'd be like, Mom, Dad, there's a new Tomb Raider game, and I want it you should get it for me and then like my mom and dad would just sit there and watch me play and they would just be like so amazed and then they would try and they would completely fail so it's real fun watching them play on like my ps4 because they're just so like not with it like my parents are in their 60s and like 
it's just so weird because they're just like, I don't understand. What is this XR1 square circle? I'm like, just push the <laughs> buttons and just go. Just go. So when do, you, when do you think you actually start playing video games? That's a real question. Like, like playing, playing video yes. games? Yes. Or like, yeah. Oh, goodness. Because when I was little, it used to just be something I would do until my friend got out of after school. And then after I would do my homework. But I think once I hit, like, 17, I had more free time. So I just started gaming all the time. And it actually, like, really helped with, like, my anxiety problems and all of that. So you have anxiety problems. I'm just curious. Yes. So video games are like an outlet for, you know. Yes. Like, like being able to handle it. Yes. Cool, cool, cool. It's like if I'm ever in a bad mood or something, I'll go home and I'll play, like, WWE or I'll play Mortal Kombat or Injustice and just take out all my frustration on whoever is on the opposing side. I'm just like, I'm just going to beat the crap out of you because I had a bad day. So, <laughs> enjoy. That's right. Enjoy my beating. That sounds great. Now, Jordan, what about you? What, like, as I'm looking at you, you're wearing a Pokemon shirt and that's how I met you. Like, he wasn't even going to be on the podcast at first, guys, because I didn't know who he was, but I was like, okay, sure. <laughs> Pokemon, I wouldn't say it's my most influential game. I would say more so, um, if we're going mainstream gaming, I would say Final Fantasy VII was a big hit for me. Oh, my gosh. Uh, because, and it's, it, it's a two-way tie for me. On Final Fantasy VII, the, the, what Cloud went through as a character in that development really made an impact, but... With uh, the main game that I always call my favorite, it's not too widely known. It's a PS2 classic called Chaos Legion. I've played I've it. Heard of that I've played actually. it so many times. Like literally, my experience bar at the end every time I save is just a stream of red nines with a line through it. I can't get anymore. Really? Yeah, I lost my copy, and I spent about seven years looking for a new one, and finally found one. So. You don't kind of go back through it. You know, oh, like, I've got the save box. <laughs> oh, I still got the save box. <laughs> that, that's like one of the the very few games that I can actually remember the storyline too. So it was. Really but like you said, Final Fantasy VII, and like I kind of yes. got hyped. Final Fantasy. Oh my gosh. I, there's there's a rule with Final Fantasy. The first one you play is the one you fall in love with, and for me it was seven. Really? Yeah, seven. Did you didn't fall in love with six, or did you go touched, back to? I, I went back to six. I started with seven, then went to eight, then went to nine. Dabbled with ten, hated ten too. I don't. I don't look at ten two. I don't look at twelve, and I don't look at any of the other parts of thirteen. We're gonna have some problems right now, bro. Twelve was like twelve was trying to be more like Final Fantasy eleven. I said, I feel like try not was, to like fight and get blood all over <laughs> my like, it's, it's, it's a good game, in my opinion. Uh, I watched both of my brothers growing up fight over it. Like they had this competition. My youngest brother, my oldest brother, would go back and forth trying to beat the game first. And yeah. They would steal it. Like one would steal the other one's save file if they get further and delete it. So they had to start over and then claim it was theirs. Oh, they, wow. ne- they never settled the debate, but they wow. claim they did. Because what's funny is that, you know, the remaster just came out for it. So like I'm playing it. I was like, Damn, I forgot how good of a game it was. <laughs> like, yeah, they're duking it out right now. Like, right now? Yeah. Two? Both of them. Are going, <laughs> both of them have PS4s. I sold my kid brother mine so he could play it. And they're both playing that game to finally end this quarrel. Like, who, who's going to beat it first? My bet? I don't have one. <laughs> you don't have one. <laughs> don't, don't, don't have one. <laughs> no. You can't my, do it. Yeah, younger brother works too much. Older brother's into too much Destiny. So they're, they're at a mutual standstill. Yeah, we, we'll dive into that realm of video games, too. Uh, but... You said seven, and it's like you ruled. That's the one you fell in love with. Yeah. Six is the one that I liked because of the first one I played, but I fell in love with seven. 
Seven has just so much into it, and it's just like relatable in the sense, like, okay, it's not relatable that we're not clones of somebody else with Cloud. What's going on there? Which I don't—he's not a clone, but he was injected with the cells and all. And just so we're, just, just so we're clear, guys, and not not mean to cut you off. It's not a spoiler because the game's been out for twenty plus years, so <laughs> you ha- you're going to have time to play it when the remake comes out. But anyways, continue. Yeah, so like <laughs> the struggles that Cloud goes through was relatable. Like for me, video games was what an escape. Well, you know, like, what's crazy, though, what you're saying is that you realize that Cloud's not even everyone's favorite character within that series, like, that game. It's like, mostly Sephiroth. <laughs> not, no, I'm talking about, like, I talked to my dad, like, who's your favorite character? He goes, like, Sid. I'm like, really? Sid's We're, in every game. Which iteration? <laughs> yeah. In one iteration, Sid's, Sid's like the Doctor Who of Final Fantasy. He even was reincarnated as a woman before what's going on. Yeah. Yeah, so Sid's, Sid's our Final Fantasy Doctor Who. Yeah. It's just his TARDIS is an airship, so. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Very, seriously. very like, true. Because, like, my dad is the one that got me into that series, and it's like, good God, seven. It's like, well, I guess, like, when you think about everything that Sifiroth 2, like, the villain went through, you're just like, how in the world are they going to top this whatsoever? I mean, we just come, we're just coming off Kafka and Six, so it's like, I don't know. It's just different. I love how Seven took time, too, because it doesn't end with the story. The story has two prologues to Seven, and there's the other games and the movie that comes after. Yeah. And just the whole ending in the movie of Advent Children, I felt like, ended the game for, you know, the eternal struggle. Sephiroth, you know, Cloud's, like, wanting him to fade, and Sephiroth's like, I will never be just a memory. And that's true, because as long as he's got the cells within him, Sephiroth lives within him, too. Yeah. So he will never be without Sephiroth. And what's crazy is, like, just that both games that you guys have mentioned, they both have, like, in-depth characters. Like, like for some reason, like, Laura Croft, I guess because she's already crafted in a way of, like, being normal, it's fine. But, like, for you, it's like you don't know Cloud's backstory whatsoever. You, you don't. You learn it. But, like, with that twist of, like, that's not really what happened, it kind of, like, every time I, like, I can look it up just to make sure, like, is that right? Like, the idea of, uh, you know, uh, how much of that did he really take in, like, to live Zach's life? It's like he was almost convinced that that was his life to the point where he was in denial of who he was as a person. Yeah. And it's relatable because growing up, that's where I was in the sense that, like, I would go into the mindset of game characters because of what was going on in reality. That's where I wanted to be. So that's where my imagination and my mindset went. Yeah, because escapism is real. Because, like, it's just, like, the idea of uh, you want to love these characters. Like, you want to be a part of this world. Because, like, honestly, the game I'm playing right now and reading is The Witcher. So it's like, wow, I would rather be Geralt right now and just understand. But with Cloud, it's like everything he went through... It's like, and then, like, every other character had a backstory, too, that was amazing. Like, you look at Yuffie, like, she has, like, you had to go to one, two? I can't think of the name right. She, I, I just remember the village that you have to go to because she steals all of your material. Yeah, that's, that's terrible. <sighs> that makes the game just a little bit of a challenge. Yeah, but, like, what what deep theme did you have for that? Like, if you look at Seven, what is the main theme that you see? Identity. Identity. In 7, I feel like if you take out the other characters and you just make it Cloud to Sephiroth, that's how I perceived it best. Cloud doesn't know who he is. The player thinks they know who he is. Sephiroth knows. Sephiroth is the end. You know, he's the end of the entire game, obviously. 
he knows everything. Cloud yeah. doesn't. Cloud's yeah. in this perception that he was living this life that actually belonged to somebody else. Mm -hmm. And through the entirety of it, even to one point when he's walking through and there's all the other clouds, it's his identity. Who is he? Yeah. Because around him, his entire party starts forming definitions of him while he still doesn't have a grasp of who he is until the very end. Mm -hmm. And it's something he struggles with that once he overcomes and that's the actual cloud that we have. Not the Kingdom Hearts cloud that we see also. He's a, I feel like that's just... An offset. Yeah, he, he's an offset, which is wonderful. You know, don't get me wrong, I love some Kingdom Hearts. On a tangent, I hear it might be coming to the Switch. Yes, yeah, yes. So I'm I've read that. I've read that too from IGN. Thanks for it, guys. I'm, poor, I'm I'm very happy that the CEO of Square has a love and fascination with the Switch because we need some portable games. Yeah. Uh, just I feel like it's identity going back to it would be the sense for it, and I feel like that's where everybody attaches themselves to a character. You know, regardless of the character that you love the most, why you follow that character the most. Part of your identity was made by that character's identity. I feel like, like in real life, is yeah, thing? yeah. We, we find relatable bonds to these characters. So yeah. their creative life, like yeah. they're 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 just a, they're not a breathing life, but they're living through the player. Yeah, so it's like when we get that reaction, like of seeing Final Fantasy VII be being remade, it's like craziness. Like I'm going to see this world again in a different way. Hopefully it actually gets finished, because I'm not for sure if it will actually get finished, just I from a gamer's perspective. I hear they're doing it up like Telltale Games, and it's going to be in parts. Yeah, it's an, it's an episodic thing. So, But they say it's going to be as long as Final Fantasy thirteen each one, so it's like 40 hours. So I was like, well, 40 hours of an episode is not going to be bad, but give me the game. Get it, just give it all at one time, <laughs> all five, take the episode cuts out, and just... Stream 200 hours, and we're fine. Yeah. That's why you put in an extra vacation. Once a year, you just sit there for an entire week, and you're just like, popcorn, pickles, drinks. We're, good. we're done. All good. We're all good. Life is life is good. Let's beat this game. Popcorn, pickles, and drinks? Yes. Okay, then. What's the pickles for? Me. Oh, okay. Because I'm drinking. <laughs> so. All I was about to say, if I'm playing like... Me and my friend group love, we still love playing Borderlands. Like, we love playing Borderlands. And, like, we will all drink during Borderlands. We have made a drinking game out of Borderlands. And it's just so great because everybody just gets plastered drunk. Because they're like, oh, if you miss a headshot, you have to take two drinks. And we're over here just, like, slamming Angry Orchard and Guinness and tequila. And <laughs> luckily, we all have the next day off. So, you know. Like, Hopefully it works better. Like, like you were saying that, uh, I wish, like, did you play 15? 15? Yeah, did you play Final Fantasy 15? I've not gotten the chance to. You yet. haven't had the chance to play it yet. There, there is a small, small internet rumor that it might be going portable as well. But yeah. It's again, like, I know there's a lot of negative feedback on people looking at like, oh, why should this game move to the Switch? But then again, I think that the Switch renovate, it, well, it's reimagining the industry in that more and more developers want to put their games out there. And we've been going through this hardship of watching great companies close their doors. So if it means that companies have to reinvent how they make games to move them over to these portable platforms, mm -hmm. then that means there's going to be more jobs. Mm -hmm. So we're going to be opening more doors instead so, of closing them. So with that being said, because we're, we want to talk about that a little bit, which consoles do we all have right now? Oh, Jenny? Oh, gosh. I have my PS4, I have an Xbox One, and I have my Super Nintendo. Okay. So. What about you, George? Right mm -hmm. now, 
I'm on the new 3DS XL and the Switch and PC occasionally. PC? So, with that being said, well, I'll go ahead and say for the record, I have the PS4 and the Nintendo Switch, but I'm waiting for the Xbox One X. So, because, like, me, like, I've announced that I'm going to start doing video game reviews as well, just, like, but in a different way. Like, I'll give you, give you the normal review, but I'm going to give you to, like, the effect of how it might influence someone without giving away too much of the story. I recently just did a, I don't know if you heard of the game called Persona 5. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so I recently beat that. I did a Breath of the Wild trailer, I mean, a, a review. I thought it was good. I beat Persona 5, did that review, and felt like it was amazing. Like, it was just complete difference in video games. I was like, yeah, I think I'm going to go this route for the first time ever. But, um, what was it? I'm going to those. But you being a PC gamer as well, it's like, do you really need it, like anything else? PC, all I really do is Warcraft. Oh, really? Yeah, that's that's my main love for PC. Um, I've spent way too much over the years, like off and on. I don't play consecutively. I know the horror stories of some people that have, you know, spent too much time dedicated to that game that they've lost their lives to it. And I'm not saying it's bad to be a fan, but you have to have our limitations. Yeah. So my PC gaming is all Warcraft, and then if anything else, it's a deviation off to another MMO if I play it for a little bit, but everything else is straight up consoles. That's like, I used to trade consoles a lot in and out, switching back and forth between the Xbox One and PlayStation 4 to the point where now everything I own is digital. So I don't have to worry. I just jump on a console and there's an entire listed library right there that I oh, can put yeah. on anything. Yeah, but that makes sense. I think for me, though, the, ma the majority of my gaming goes to Nintendo 3DS. Okay, so did you? So you didn't get the 2DS, which is on sale at GameStop right now. And that's not an ad, guys. Not an ad. Not an ad. It's not an ad. But you're not going to get the 2DS, obviously, because you get the 3DS. So Yeah, I picked up uh, the black and white monochromatic 3DS for Fire Emblem Fates. Oh, so you play Fire Emblems. Fire Emblem is so fun. Fire Emblem is wonderful. I, the only, I have to play on a certain difficulty where you don't have permadeath on because that irks me that you lose part of the story when a character permanently dies. And I, at the same time, I love it. But the first time through, I need to see the story. Yeah. And it's just like, that's one of the things that draws me into a game is a story. I need to see the story. It's like reading a book. If mm -hmm. It's like, oh, that character's permanently dead. What did you do? You ripped out pages of a book. Don't do that. Give me the book. Yeah. Yeah, just hand it over. Yeah. Let, let me... need all of it. I need to understand. Yes. Okay, so... You said like you like Tomb Raider, and that's cool. Yes. Like I agree with you because like it got me back into the series. I was really upset that I didn't have an Xbox when it first dropped. That was annoying. I that. didn't have my Xbox when it first dropped, and I was really, really upset about it. And <laughs> yeah. then I was like, "Wait a minute, wait a minute." I was like, "Next year is the 20th anniversary of Tomb Raider." which means they'll release it on PlayStation next year, which means I'll get all the extra stuff and yeah. I won't have to pay the $30 that Xbox paid for it. Yeah. And I got all of that in my 20-year yeah, celebration yeah. edition. Like, said, like, I, like I said, I beat them both. So it's like, yeah, I'm ready for that excellent. Like, it just, I'm just going to, I'm going to get upset with these like timed exclusives. It's like timed. Like, you yeah. get it for one year. I'm okay. really hoping Anthem isn't a timed exclusive because that game looks Ooh. so good. We'll dive into E3. I like that's on the list. <laughs> don't, don't worry, don't worry. But beforehand, because we're on the Switch topic and like how we need games for it, uh, there is a new one 
coming out tomorrow, actually. I'm ready for it. Which one? Splatoon 2. Oh, that's right. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Splatoon, Splatoon 2. Two. Splatoon was great. I've got it on pre-order. I will pick it up at a later date. The first thing i got to pick up is that second Pro Controller, because the quantity for that is super limited, and watching the peripherals for the Switch fly off shelves is kind of like, if it's there, grab it. Yeah, I need a Pro Controller. Like, I said that, like, all I want for my birthday is Splatoon 2. Splatoon 2 is great. Yeah, Splatoon 2. <laughs> like, I just need a Splatoon 2 and uh, a Pro Controller because, like, you just need one, like, just for gaming because, like, it's, it like, just the normal Joy-Cons, it works, but if you're a gamer, you just need a Pro Controller. I feel like that because, like, I saw my friends play it and they, like, showed it to me. I'm like, good God, I need this. I like how... <laughs> I need this in my life. <laughs> I like how with the Pro Controller that Nintendo came out with, first off, right under the bottom right pad, or thumb pad rather, you have the message to all the gamers written in lead speech, I believe is what it's written in. I would have to look at it. But it's like the hybrid controller between, setup-wise, a PS4 controller and an Xbox One controller, minus the, the jack port for audio. And it's got just the Nintendo layout, and it's just so comfortable. And Yeah, yeah, you're right. But, like, shoot, where were Dang, we're going kind of deep. Anyway, moments. Look at looking at what Nintendo bring into the board with this stuff. Like that's where my focus on my gaming and my investments in the gaming have been. The it's like everybody's sleeping on Nintendo. Like honestly, the problem with some people is that they look at Breath of the Wild. I don't know. You played it, beaten it, hopefully. Loving it still. No, like no spoilers for that because it's a fairly new game for a lot of people. So I, I wouldn't yes. want to spoil that game because that's the game that you buy a Switch for, and once you beat it, you share the experience with other like people. Yes. That, which I said in my review as well is that when that came out, it was just like everybody was keeping to themselves. Like nobody told anybody anything. Like we we're trying to like keep away, like no spoilers whatsoever, and it's just like crazy. Which is what the topic I'm trying to go with is that did did Sony mess up when three days prior Horizon Zero Dawn came out? Because that was three days prior to Breath of the Wild. I feel like you they, get what I'm saying. I feel like they could have that that that's like the same thing with movies. Also, in the sense, like anything big in life that gets released, you got to look at your release windows. Certain games, you know, certain media. It's going to do great if it's the one on the top of the ladder, but then you have your, your actual classics. Well, and, like, if a Tomb Raider comes out, if, uh, that, if... That actually happened when Rise of the Tomb Raider came out for the Xbox. It came out the exact same day as Fallout 4. Yeah. People have been waiting forever for Fallout 4. Not a lot of people were waiting for Rise of the Tomb Raider. So, their sales were down for Rise of the Tomb Raider, and I'm just like... You put it out the same day as Fallout 4. What do you expect to happen? Yeah. Like, Horizon Zero Dawn is a fantastic game. It's beautiful. The story is so good. Horizon Zero Dawn? Yes. And it's <laughs> just wonderful. <laughs> and I'm just sitting here like, well, why would you put this out, like, right before this big Zelda game that people bought a brand new console for? They're not going to have $60 to spend on your game. What are you doing? Well, with games and stuff, you have to watch your release windows. For that reason, you want your game to be noticed. And people, most people only buy like one or two games, you know, at a time. Maybe, yeah. you know, some people only buy like a handful of games a year. Some so people just buy two games and call it a day. Like, I know, yeah, yeah. I have friends that are only getting Breath of the Wild and Mario. And that's it. 
That's it. They don't need anything else. Yeah, there's, there's, <laughs> we've, we've got 12 months, 52 weeks, and 365 days. So stagger them out. That way people can have that var- you know, that variable. Like, oh, I can pick up this game here and then grab that game there. And you have that release window time in between so they can play their games and enjoy them. Otherwise, they're going to bounce back and forth, miss things, and feel rushed to play two games just to keep up with everybody. You know? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. You're absolutely right about that. But, like, I call it Horizon Zero Yawn because it's just, like, it's just a yawn for some reason. Like, because everybody's just choking at the bits for it. I'm like, yeah, I was too. I thought it was great. And all of a sudden, Breath of the Wild came out. And I was like, well, yeah. It's well, like, yeah, now it's just, <laughs> this isn't fun anymore. <laughs> like, and then all of a sudden, like, I went back to it after I beat Breath of the Wild. Like, I tried. I was like, there's only one other game. Well, like, there's only one other game that can go toe-to-toe with Breath of the Wild, and that's The Witcher 3. And, that, and like, one of my friends said that. Shout-out to Recency by his radio. He said that. And I agree with that. To, like, as I'm playing The Witcher for the first time, I'm like, I think there's only one, one, one game. And he said, what about Grand Theft Auto? I'm like, that's last June. You can't say that's just June. <laughs> so it's interesting. But I am going to go back and play Horizon Zero Dawn. I just recently got the game back. It's on the, it's on the list. It's just like, uh, I feel like it's going to be a cult classic. Yeah, that one? Yeah. There, it's, it came out in the bad release window, so not a lot of people might have looked at it because of everything else, especially Zelda coming out. And I feel like it's going to be one of those cult classics that people go back to, like, back in the day on the DS. There's a cult classic that came out that now to this day still holds its value. The world ends with you, or as the fans call it, Tui. Even though it's crazy. What's that? Like, um, the name of this podcast was going to be called The World Ends With You. And I've never played the game. The game is absolutely wonderful. And you know what's crazy? I've had that game for three years unopened. That game <laughs> is absolutely wonderful. I have played it twice now, and I've recommended it. I've actually bought it for people just so they can play it. It's just like, here, take this game and play it. Yeah, like I said, like it's not a bad game whatsoever. I know it's an amazing game. I just like me like looking at it and like being so hard to find. I was like, I shouldn't open this game whatsoever. <laughs> like... It's, it's one of those, like, keep keep your copy sealed. You will find for, like, 20, I think it's 24 bucks now at a GameStop used. Find a used copy, play that, keep your seal, which is pristine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, it, it's worth having the sealed copy, and it's worth getting a second copy to sit through and play the storyline. Yeah. The story is eye-opening. Yeah, it's, like I said, like, I understand, like, I, I know what the story is. I'm like, wow, like, I think that's what it is. And I actually made a play called The World Ends With You. And I thought it was, like, interesting. I was like, well, I'm going to make my podcast after that. But all of a sudden, I was like, oh, I don't know. And then all of a sudden, like, I start listening to, like, how this podcast got started. It was, like, Joe Rogan Experience, uh, Rooster Teeth. Uh, you probably know who Rooster Teeth is. Yeah. Uh, Nintendo Voice Chat, uh, IGN, pretty yep. much. And I was like, well, the, everything I'm listening to and everything I'm doing is influential somehow. So I turned it, geared it that way. And all of a sudden, like, that's right when the Switch was coming out. So it's like, I think I want to go this route. Like, Nintendo, we just, like, when you look at Breath of the Wild, just, like, I've said several times, like, I've just looked at the scenery and just, like, stopped and looked at it. Like, good job. And, like, and, like how we talk about how, like, the portability of being able to take that thing on the go. How did you feel, like, when you said, like, it was real? Like, you can take it on the go. 
Like, at first when I played Breath of the Wild, you know, I wasn't sure if I was going to pick up the console or not. I actually let somebody else have my first pre-ordered copy of the well, console itself. Were you, were you, like, on that same borderline, like, probably with me? It's like, I have a Wii U, why would I buy one? Well, I, I didn't have a Wii U at the time. I just looked at it and I was like, I don't know how this is going to fare. Maybe I should go PS4 instead. And then I uh, went back and I was like, I need to get, you know, I've, I've skipped Nintendo a generation. Let me give them their dues. I went back and I was like, okay there's a reason why this game exists and I see it now and that's why I feel like it's the, the Switch is wonderful that you can play games like that and you can sh you know you can you don't have to carry a TV or you don't you don't have to carry all this stuff with you it's not a big heavy console you can just put it in a case and carry it to somebody else and be like hey what if you want to experience this too you don't have to buy this let me share it with you and I feel like that was the underlying message with Nintendo is we're sharing you know it's like video games are stories right so yeah. we're sharing stories you know, so we can go over to somebody's house and let them play the game, and then, like, as they're enjoying the experience of the game, we can take part in their enjoyment and just share that memory. Yeah. So, like, playing Legend of Zelda, actually, I got into a debate with somebody before. They were talking about how they hated the franchise. Link doesn't have a voice actor. Wait, wait Zelda, like, a, a franchise? Why? I, I know people that straight up hate Legend of Zelda because of the... The reason is, Link does not have a voice actor. What? Okay, looking at Link... The voice actor for Link is the player. Yes, exactly. That, that's male or female, doesn't matter. I mean, heck, we have Linkle now. So there's a male and a female Link. Yeah. Just Legend of Zelda is about the player and their experience and what they're doing. And taking in everything, it feels like it's Legend of Zelda, but it feels like it's adopted things from Tomb Raider. It feels like it's adopted things from The Witcher. You know, when I'm going through taking stuff, that feels like The Witcher. When I'm running around and collecting all these, you know, doing Climbing Tower, Assassin's that, Creed. That, that, yes. that, that's more so for me, Tomb Raider mixed with some Assassin's Creed. When, oh. you're, when you're like climbing up to the top uh, right at the beginning, that's like very beginning of the game when you're on the Temple of Time. And you're just like looking around, you're like, Okay, there's no trust fall here. There's no leap of faith. Well, the synchronized is what I was well, thinking. Yeah, there's so. no synchronized, but you just look at... Oh, wait, there is the core. Little fucker. <laughs> yeah. Every inconvenient place in the game. It's like, where's the, where's this Korok at? All the way up on the top of the castle. <laughs> Fuck, that's a long way up. Better pray for stamina. Fuck you. Um, just, just, it's... When you climb up there and you look, and you've got... You've got headphones on, or you got the surround sound system going, and you can hear the ambience. You can hear the soundtrack of the game. That's a big part for Zelda is just the background. One of the things that I took pride in uh, as a Nintendo gamer in hearing was every little detail noise-wise. They took all this time, and I applaud. Okay, keep doing this. Yeah. You know, uh, now they're saying they're going to make a Met Four. Okay, yes. do that. <laughs> do this to that. And yeah. we're fine. Yeah. Take out the motion controls that you put in the last ones and do this, and we're yeah. fine. But back to Zelda, it's just, it's wonderful. Like, there's a reason why. Uh, isn't it the top on Metacritic now? Yes, the top it, game. it is like the top game. The top. Like, it is the game for a reason. As soon as it came out and I sat down and I started playing it within a week, and I was like, game of the decade. Just give it to it. Give it to it. It took us like 10 years to get here. We had to go through two remakes. Because we remade Wind Waker and we re remade Twilight Princess, but it's worth it. And it just further goes with the Amiibos, too. Like, yeah, as I have one right now. Yeah. Shout out to Alex Sutton for giving me my first Amiibo. First Amiibo. <laughs> like, yeah. like, like, he, said it was, he said that's actually a hard one to find, too, bro. I was like, okay, yes. appreciate it, bro. I can tell you, like, <laughs> I've, had, I've, I've only had so many when the game started. And then I put way too much time into hunting them down and, like, 
calling people up and making contacts with people. Hey, I know somebody with this one. Okay, I need their number. Can you get, get some contact? And meeting a stranger at a random place in town just to buy an amiibo, just to, just to finish it off because it unlocks something of the game. And again, that goes right back to it. The game is meant to be shared. Exactly. Every last one of those amiibos is DLC that I can walk over and be like, hey, you don't have to pay for this. Why? Because I have it here. And just keep hitting the button for them every day, once a day, until they have all of that DLC off that amiibo. And then boom. Now you've shared that with them, and they're happy, you're happy, boom. Yeah, so, because like, I had a friend, like, I said, look, you gotta, like, I don't have any amiibos, like, but you got the opponent ami amiibo. Can I get it from you, please? Like, yeah, just, just for like two seconds. That amiibo. That's all I need it for. Just in like two seconds, and like, like, and I was like, well, how does this damn thing work? Oh, it works like that. Okay, thank, appreciate it. But um, that amiibo <laughs> fucked me out of two hours of sleep. Did it? Yes, I was on the coast, and I, I was just tapping the amiibos, and I summoned a pony. I was like, oh my gosh. And I thought she was going to die. And I was like, oh, I can just get another one. I pause it. And I'm like, let me make sure. No, once you summon a pony, that's the only time you get it. And it auto-saves. It has a pause again. I was like, fuck. So I had to navigate through everything on horse, dodging everybody, trying to get her back to a stable. And I only had one at that point in the game. Because, let's face it, when I started Breath of the Wild, the only thing I did was, okay, now I'm here. I'm off the plateau. <laughs> I'm going to explore all this. Now, why don't you have a Switch, Jenny? That's the thing. I just one. haven't had the funds to get a switch. I'm working on it. Okay. Like I said, I got you cut. <laughs> okay, so like you need one. Like it's just awesome. <laughs> just to do it. Now this is a question I've always asked, like everyone that's like kind of a Nintendo fan or in general. There's also the argument that Nintendo just likes to rinse and repeat of like their video games, like just Mario, Zelda. It's the same story. You know what I'm saying? I feel, I feel what you're saying. Recently, though, I had a conversation. I was on Twitch, and I saw somebody, and they were saying that Breath of the Wild isn't Zelda whatsoever. It's not a Zelda game. And I'm like, well, that's interesting. How is it not a Zelda game? And then they mentioned, like, there's, well, there's no hook shot. There's no music being played when uh, the treasure goes off. And I'm like, those elements don't really make it unfeel like a Zelda game. So... With me knowing, but like if you're such a Nintendo fan and you know that that's what your company is being called, the like a rinse and repeat, use the same shit all the time, then you should appreciate the fact that they went a different direction but still kept the same character. It's still Link Saban Zelda. Yeah, that was that's a lot of the stuff I hear about it is that they just re released Mario and re released Zelda, and I'm like. You wanted something new, they gave you something new, and you're still complaining about it. Like, there's, you just can't please everybody, and there are always going to be those people that are like, well, this isn't what I asked for, it's not doing this, this, and this, like normal, so it's not that game. And I'm like, no, no, that's not it. Games have to... Evolve. Games have to evolve, just like movies have to evolve. And just everything has to evolve into... A current state and that's where gaming is it's more an open world instead of just one specific place that you're at it's now oh my god you have to go here 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 and here but you're you from point a to point b it's really easy but then you have you know all the side quests and all that extra stuff that you can do to get extra you know xp bonus stuff swords all that kind of stuff 
and then people complain that it's just too much and you don't have everything at once and it's just you just can't please everybody and that's the bad part about being a gamer and loving games is that you can love a game and then turn around and talk to somebody else it's like well it didn't have this so I don't like it and I'm just like <laughs> it's still there like the last of us I hear so many people like it's a great game and everybody I know that I have talked to personally enjoy the game but I'll talk to some people they're like yeah I just it took too long I don't understand why they're called clickers and not zombies and they're like gameplay is weird I'm like oh my god <laughs> like you're giving me the worst arguments for why this game isn't the best game to push people to get a PS4 or a PS3 a, at a the PS3. time PS3 uh, PS3 at the time you know but you know it's it's a lot easier to push people when you can tell them like oh you immerse yourself in this world and you're not drawn out by the word zombie because if you say the word zombie people people automatically go right to the walking dead which yeah. there's nothing wrong with the walking dead i love it but at the same time you can be in this world and you don't hear the word zombie and click out of whatever world you're in so that's the best part when it comes to the thought that people are out there saying that Nintendo, which I've heard it phrased, they beat their IPs like cash cows or a dead horse. It goes back and forth. We can't just blame it on Nintendo. I don't know if it's cut out. I don't know if it's cut out. You're fine. I don't know if it's cut out. You don't know if it cut out? Yeah. Oh, no, we're good. We're so, good. <laughs> uh, Yeah, just I've heard it phrase that, you know, Nintendo beats their IPs like a dead horse or a cash cow or whatever. It's not just Nintendo. People are blinded on the sense that, look, look, look at what you get when you pay for PlayStation or Xbox at the same, you know, in, in the same direction. You're mainly seeing every year Call of Duty, Battlefield. I think now every other year you'll see an Assassin's Creed. You see the same stuff over and over again and people, sw you know, they swarm to it. It's like, great, I get it. You're going to say this, though? That's hypocritical. Don't do yeah. it. Nintendo remakes their content. They create new stories. I mean, heck, Mario's in Odyssey. Look where, oh he's, God. Look where he's going. Um, <laughs> new York City. They oh are God. trying to reinvent and reimagine their characters for multiple generations, not just one. And yeah. when you recreate one game, like, oh, here's Call of Duty. We're going back to World War II. Yeah, I love that aspect, but weren't we there at World of War? Yeah. So you want to explain to me which... which they, they tried to branch off from being in war, and they went into space, and the game sucked. Yeah. Yeah. True, sta true statement. Like, yeah. I don't know one person that actually bought that game so they could play Infinity Warfare. They bought that game so they could play Modern Warfare Remastered. So, that's the thing, though. Like, is it wrong to be a casual gamer, then? No. No. It's actually more beneficial in some respects to be a casual gamer because you don't feel like... I want to say a casual gamer just plays whatever they like, and they don't worry about what other people say. Yeah. They don't worry about these claims or these accusations made against the company that they're supporting. They just play the games to play the games. They're not in it because this is the most popular franchise. This is what everybody's playing. They're playing what they want to play because that's what they want to do. Yeah. And I'm not harshing on anything on the pro scene. The pro scene's wonderful as well. But you have this intermission, like inter this in between where you have casual and pro, where you have all this negativity, if we're going to call it negativity, where people are just throwing things out there because they're not getting in their way. 
You see it, as I said, I play a lot of World of Warcraft. You see it in World of Warcraft when, you know, people don't get their way. Oh, my class isn't on the top of the charts. I'm going to get on the blog and I'm going to hate on it. Why? Because Blizzard only supports these two classes. Heck, back in Cataclysm, there was a petition to get rid of my class. I've only played a warrior since, like, ever. There was a point where Mortal Kombat did the whole faction war thing when um, 10 came out. And I think for about three weeks, it was Special Forces that always won, which is my class when I play Mortal Kombat. And then people were just saying, oh, you know, they never move, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, if you get on the actual faction war board, you can see they move around all the time because the day before it came out, Special Forces was like in third place. And then it shot it back up to first. And I'm just sitting here like, Okay, like you have to do all of these, you have to do all of this stuff on this checklist in order to win points for your faction. So it's not that it's rigged or anything like that, which is what people think. Like any type of class is, it's all rigged. And I'm just like, yeah, no. I think you all need to just accept that things are not rigged and that whatever faction you're in is the faction that you're in. And if you don't like the way your faction's going, either leave it or do all the stuff that you can to fix your faction. Hmm. So, like I said, like I guess cat. What's the? Like, I guess pro are the ones that just play hardcore games such as The Witcher and, and yeah. that. With, or with pro gaming on RPGs and action adventures, most of them will be on Twitch and they'll be the ones learning how to do the glitch, which it's not cheating, it's glitching, it's it's cool, I actually enjoy watching them do that. They're the ones who, in RPGs and action-adventure platformers, they see who can get the game finished the fastest, and then you have your competitive pros that do first-person shooters, Street Fighter. Street Fighter. Shout out to Street, Street Fighter, come on. <laughs> as, as you mentioned earlier, Cam, you've got to put in some work. Just that, that, that's, they're the ones who dedicate themselves to mastering the mechanics or the understanding of the game. Yes. Mm -hmm. And as more casual, we're just enjoying the game. Casual, casual don't care about where they stand in the rankings. They're just there to play the game. You know, that's why I feel like there, there's two different tiers to it. People who love achievements and trophies. You know, you have the people that are actually pros at getting it. You know, there's actually a team over at Cross East. I remember reading a couple of years back of like three or four people, gamers, that would alternate in this account on one account. And they keep it playing 24-7 and just getting as many as they could versus one guy over here in the States who people were giving him games because he couldn't he work in a part-time job, I think, and people were just mailing him games to play so he could get his achievements score up. Really? And that's that's what I feel like is the pro casual gamer where they're going through because the achievements are honestly there for the people that don't want to be measured against everybody else. They just want to show people what they can do. They're there to play the game. They get the achievements or the trophies, and they're like, look what I did. Yeah. And I did this super cool thing. Yeah. yeah. So I told you, like, I only have one platinum trophy for PlayStation 4. And I, I do was, too. Yeah. <laughs> and it's because I finished Game of Thrones. Oh, mine was Final Fantasy 15. Mine was Darksiders. Ooh, you're, yeah. Darksiders <laughs> is like my my last gen love. Like, Darksiders 1, Darksiders 2, the company shut their doors. I was like, son of a. And then son of I, I missed E3 some of it this year. And then they're like, oh, yeah, there's a pre order for Darksiders 3. And I was like, I need whatever you do. Don't listen to the fans. Don't make it multiplayer. Don't do it. We had that with Mass Effect Three, and look what it got us. Yeah, single player only. Yeah, Mass Effect Three is an example of PGs should stay single player. Hmm. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I, I swear, like I played, I, I did the alpha and the beta 
for Mass Effect 3. I thought the multiplayer was great, but then, like, what happened to, like, 80-plus hours of romancing Lear to Sony and thinking that was your ending? And then you get red, blue, or green Twizzler. Pick. <laughs> Shit. If you, uh, that's a question for you, too, then. As, like, this new gen, or, like, our, our current gen, because I guess, like, we're in the mid-section of it. The middle. I think we're like in the middle of current gen because it's still technically like the X will probably be considered this new, gen. Yeah, this new gen. Yeah, it's considered so, new gen. So. so it's like, but the Switch is technically what started it, I guess. Yes, the, the Switch, Switch is technically what started the new generation. Yes. If you were to tell someone that was not into games whatsoever, what game would you suggest based off this new gen? Not based off you said Tomb Raider. You said Final Fantasy VII. I'm gonna be super Nintendo biased and just push Zelda like a, a train here, or anything that we can push, like a plane or a mountain. Just keep pushing it to people because if it's got so many things of other games, and it's we're going back to how people, you know, they didn't like that a few little odds and ends were in the game. Well, congratulations, you weren't a fan at the beginning. You haven't played the very first one. They weren't there either. You know, when we look forward to, like, I think Legend of Zelda 2 was linear. Mm -hmm. Ocarina of Time, linear. There's actually a negative term for it that some of the pro gamers that I've known over the years look at, you know, this is why we only play competitive games and whatnot. Games like that are like that, that are linear, are theme parked. You're just sitting down and it's directing where to go. That's how they view it. There's not a lot of choice. There's not a lot of, you know, direction that the player can make on their own. The new Legend of Zelda, I would push that to everybody because it's got everything. I feel like mm. you know you can you can make food, you can make your own choices, you can choose what quest to go in what order. Heck, they prove that you can beat the game in under five hours. Yeah, five fifteen minutes, you can beat it in the first fifteen minutes. And I still haven't figured that out yet. Like, it's I've seen people do it. Like it's it's, it's ridiculous, but there's something in that game for everybody. And there's, as I said, there's a reason why it's on the Switch. You can share it with anybody. Nobody has to have, like, not everybody has to have it. And that's yeah. the console we push right now is the Switch. You don't have, everybody in your friend group doesn't have to have it. You can just, here. You can yeah. you can, you can can have quality time with people that you care about and share the game. So, yeah, that's that's one I'm pushing. I say, I know someone that said, though, that uh, my, one of my good friends, he feels as though Nintendo hasn't grown up with them. I can see where that's coming from. Do you really see that? Because, like he said, like they're they haven't matured a lot. So he says, like not until he'll play Breath of the Wild when it comes to the PC, if it ever does. It probably will, never will. But he said, but he said the chances of it going to that to the PS4 are greater. It's not gonna leave Nintendo console. I mean, it was a miracle to see Pokemon Go, any Fire Emblem, anything on off the main consoles. Nintendo, like. People kept, you know, chanting, we want Nintendo's doors to shut. You know, they should put their console, their games on Xbox or PlayStation. They've got, in just, they released this just to show people how, how set they are. 12 billion in bonds that they don't even have to touch in case something happens that they can continue paying their employees with. And that's just in bonds. That's not any of their other investments. Now they're into partnerships with Samsung and Apple going into making their parts for the Switch. Yeah. They don't. They don't give out their games mm-hmm. like the other consoles do, and I feel like that's what we have a console war. If all right, we had Sega die off, and it was just PlayStation and Nintendo. If Xbox did not exist, then you would only have your IP split between two. And it was actually the best time in gaming was when 
like Xbox came in at the end of it and they brought in a lot of games with them. That's the golden era of gaming. But it was PlayStation 2, no, PlayStation 1 and N64 up to PS2, Xbox, and GameCube was the golden era. Oh, I agree with you. Too. Most of my GameCube. Yeah, like wonderful. Just, <laughs> I miss my GameCube. Yeah, just crazy how they how they said that they were thinking about portable things like just open handheld, like just taking it on the go with you. But like, dang, like it's kind of deep for real. Like, like I was gonna anyway. sit here and be Nintendo biased because I was gonna push Splatoon on Splatoon two, and I'm just like, because I love the first Splatoon, and I have to sit there and defend on how it won best shooter. All the time, and people just don't get it. So like, it came, it beat out Halo and Call of Duty, and I'm just like, like, Battlefield, and I'm just like, have you even played Splatoon? Like, it, it, like it's this is gonna be my first time playing it, for real. Is ever. this your first time playing Splatoon? This oh, you're gonna, gonna love it. Like, this is gonna be your first time, because like, you're talking about how the console war is going on, and like, well, I feel like now as a gamer, like, you said like everything's downloadable. We had the option, like me personally, it's like you gotta have the option to have all three, like you said, like yeah. just the ability to go, like well, Anthem comes out for the Xbox One X, play on that, and it's like you're gonna come down to the nitty and gritty, to like well, Final Fantasy or Kingdom Hearts Three is coming out, hopefully next year. Yeah, we're looking at PlayStation Four and Xbox One first. <laughs> okay, no, we're looking at that, but it comes down to the point of the option, like do I want it on the X or do I want it on the Four? This is going to be one of those things for me, I feel like. And then, like, as we mentioned earlier, just looking at it in the background, it's it goes back to with Tomb Raider on Xbox and then PlayStation. Yeah. Consoles can have it first, but if the CEO of Square Enix gets his direction, which he runs the company, he's going to find a way to put it on the Switch, and then you'll have all of that. Yeah, so it's going to be like, uh. it's it's. I feel like the direction that gaming's going is... Would you like to sit in your house and play the game, or would you like to? T- oh, sorry. <laughs> would you like to sit in your house and play the game, or would you like to take the game with you on your adventures throughout real life? Yeah, that's how. That is. yeah, that's the whole reason. Like, I loved having like a PSP when I had one, so that I could just take my games with me, like road trips to Arizona that I took and all that. I'd be like, yeah, I'm not gonna be on this airplane doing absolutely nothing. Yeah. Take my PSP on this airplane. Yeah, like that's. That's the cool thing is that, like, I was thinking about that, like, when, like, just, like, I have a 3DS and, like, uh, every, uh, 3DS and also PSP, and, like, when they announced the Switch, I was like, oh, yeah, so, like, if I was in New York right now, I can just be on a train just chilling right now. Just, just chilling like, with my, <laughs> chilling with the Switch. I feel like if somebody else has it, then that entices them to be like, yeah. I mean, it's okay, kind of like, let's see, well, let's, like, it's like, what are you playing over here? It's, it's, it's like before the end of this train ride, if we're playing the same game, we're going to go one to one and we're going to exchange friend cards and get off the train. We got this. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of like your shirt right now with Pokemon. Like, everybody loves Pokemon. Like, that was just the, like, last summer when they released Pokemon Go, it was just the greatest thing because everybody was just so carefree. Everybody was like walking around town, just. Just downtown was just covered with people because it's where all the like floors and the gyms were and where all the Pokemon were. And just everybody was just so carefree. And then you'd be like, "Oh, I'm looking for this Pokemon." Someone would be like, "Oh, it's like two blocks that way." And they'd be like, "Oh my god, thank you!" Because yeah. everybody would tell you where like all these Pokemon were, and it was just a really 
it was just it felt like such a simpler time because everybody was just in such a good mood and there was anything to care about and now it's just like that has all just like gone even though they're having those legendary yeah the legendary raids i heard, I heard it's actually a thing again like, yeah they're having legendary raids uh there's the pokemon go fest up in chicago in a few weeks um, which insane. sold out in like 20 minutes you have to have like a wristband to hold out in like 20 minutes and then people are sitting here telling me pokemon is dead and i'm just like i'm like there are artists that can't even sell out their tickets in 20 minutes justin bieber can't even do that like come on now pokemon is so totally dead like yeah, yeah it's, I just, totally it's 20 years old think of how many generations that touches then that's the thing where i enjoy because like when i went down there and did one like well some someone uh uh like a little kid was walking around and was just like oh wait this is easy it has like 11 evolutions that kid's probably like seven years old and like here we are in our 20s or however you are and you're tearing that coming from the younger generation it's like wow pokemon is really a trainer thing like it's like the idea of being a trainer and like passing it on to the next generation like that's that's what we aspire with gaming you know games touched all of us mm -hmm. And it makes us feel wonderful when, you know, we've got the negative talk of how people want to blame games for something, but before we touch on the good part, we'll just end that on, do you blame the bullet, or do you blame the for killing a person, or do you blame the person pulling the trigger? Yeah. The game didn't do it. And then when you see these kids, though, on a positive note, they're just enjoying these games that you're familiar with, you're just like, yeah, there's a connection. <laughs> yeah. you're, you, you don't even have to know the person, you don't have to speak to the person. It's like... You see somebody of a younger generation playing a game, and they're just wanting to get. They have that fever that they want to know more. They want to get better. They want to get catch them all. You know, maybe they want to explore every part of Tomb Raider. Maybe they, you know, they're going through and they're playing every level in a Mario game, and you're just watching it. You're just like, <laughs> yeah. yep. This, this it's like it, we'll, we'll call it our Tony Stark looks at Peter Parker movie. Oh, yeah. You, know, you, you have to pass the torch, and you're watching it happen. You're just like. Yeah, that's how you keep your gamer self alive. Yeah. <laughs> like, because you got a niece, right? Then you'll pass her down the torch. I do. I do. And she has actually sat down, and the only game she's ever sat down and watched me play was Rise of the Tomb Raider. Because she, like, Netflix wasn't working, and the internet was being dumb, and I was like, okay, like, we're just going to play a game. And I was like, which game do you want to play? I laid them all out, and she's like, I want to play this one. And she pointed out Tomb Raider, and I was like, okay. I could play that, and she absolutely loved it. Like, she was screaming at Laura, and then she was like, oh my god. She's like three, so. But she loves it, and then um, she actually loves playing Just Dance, which is really shocking that a three-year-old actually wants to play that game. And she actually tries to play it, and it's just the most adorable thing ever. And then I think she caught a few glimpses of Until Dawn, but she's three. She doesn't need those horrid nightmares in her dreams. Yeah. So, um, we'll put a halt on Until Dawn for now. But, I mean, she was really interested in trying to figure out what was going to happen in that. She's like, oh, they're all going to die. <laughs> I was like, well, I mean, if I played my cards wrong, yep, they're all going to die. Shout out to Sean Waters for actually getting 100% on that game the first try through. I don't understand how you did it. I <laughs> just did it. To this day, have not kept everyone alive. I've kept all the guys alive. I've kept all the girls alive. And I've kept, and I've like, 
but I cannot keep them all alive. And then one time I was like super close. It was like 5.52 or something, mm -hmm. like right before dawn. And I sneezed when it said don't move and I got Sam's head ripped off. Man, I and I was that. like, spoiler. oh, <laughs> spoiler alert. I mean, this game is like two, two years, years old. old. So yeah. I mean, kind of a spoiler alert. Well, it is free this month on PlayStation if you have PlayStation Plus. So, yeah. again, not an ad, just <laughs> yeah. facts. Just, just facts. <laughs> it's, it's definitely worth investing in those subscriptions. I will say, you know, you get a lot of stuff. As long as you keep your subscription going to the, yeah. you know, our different, the different services that we have on the consoles these days. Hell, Humble Bundle, if people don't even know about that. What, what is that? I love Humble Bundle. Hum Humblebundle.com. Occasionally, like, I haven't seen anything for Xbox on there, but as we all know, you know, people joke around, what's Microsoft's portable console? A laptop, fucktard. Thank you. They run my, they run, <laughs> they run the operating system. Come yeah. on. Uh, Humble Bundle is a I don't think people realize that Microsoft makes Xbox. Like, <laughs> it'll, it'll, it'll catch up, you know, just... Slowly. Not that it's on the box or anything, or like when you yeah. buy a new one, they'll it's be like, oh yeah, it's got a warranty for Microsoft. Oh. It's like PlayStation, like, yeah, you have a warranty through Sony, blah, 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 blah. You have a warranty through Nintendo. With, you have 30 days with us and a year with them, so you got a year and 30 days. With Humble Bundle, what it is, is they have this great website, I don't know who came up with it, they, every you know, it's not just for games anymore. There's comics on there. There's books. There's all sorts of things on there that they just put into a bundle, and they start as low as you donate a dollar, donate five dollars, fifteen dollars. You know, it's, you see what the different tiers are, and you donate how much you feel comfortable donating. And part of that proceeds goes to one of the charities that it's for, or the charities that it's for, and you get the stuff in those tiers. Like every year, Yogcast has a Jingle Jam, and it comes with like if you get on board with it. You donate like 17 bucks or so, I think is the max, to get everything. You get like, I think last year a friend of mine got 52 PC games given to him throughout all of it. And the later you went, the more, you know, the more games ran out of stock. But if you got on board of it right off the bat, you know, your proceeds, like I think it went to Children's Miracle Network. Really? Wonderful cause, come on. Good God. And you get these codes for the games and it starts off like the 25 days of Christmas and then it goes through the rest of December for the Jingle Jam and here's the here's these games and then one, every day at a certain time it reveals the next free game that you get and they've done it you know they've partnered with Nintendo they've partnered with Sony Sony's I wish I actually paid the $15 on same with Nintendo you know with Sony's they had Darksiders 1 and 2 oh, yeah, your the, re the remaster come on they're for the PS4 We I would have been set just I love that I love the subscriptions uh, I do feel like, well, I do and I don't. Microsoft has the best network. So when people go back and forth saying that they love multiplayer and that's where they game, I have to be that person that steps in and redirects them away from a PlayStation. Because if they're only in it for the network, you need to be on Microsoft's console. If you're in it for the games and you don't mind a little bit slow of a network, then you need to be going over here to Sony. And I feel like that's the separation in the pipeline because Microsoft has either three or five times the servers. Because dedicated what, yeah, what's crazy about that is what is like even like when I was up at school, like at K State, like everyone in the room had Xboxes. Just everyone was connected to an Xbox. Like it was just faster. It felt like everybody was like not so much a lag, but like with Sony it was like lag, lag. Sound like I was like I didn't have a PS3 until like recently. And now I have a PlayStation 4, and it's like, yeah, I'm glad I have this. So it's like, like I was saying, you got to be uh, open to all, and not just one.
because I don't know if that's just a thing. If we just stay like Sony fans, like I understand that Sony is great, but if you just stick to one side, will you really see the whole perspective of video games? Like I, I, the console war has been a thing for a while now, and if I were to ask for it to end, you know, a lot of people want you know Sony or Microsoft to end. I want it to break down into you have Nintendo and then Sony and Microsoft create a console together. Yeah, I thought about that too. And, you know, it sounds weird at first, but first off, look at the division of your libraries. Both of these companies, you know, we can't have just one. If we could do away with the whole thing about Monopoly, which the fear of Monopoly, that people are going to charge whatever they want, okay, we beat that by having Nintendo make the, the hybrids and the handhelds, you know, because the hybrid goes back and forth between being a, a console unit and the handheld. But you have Sony and Microsoft partnered to bring one superior console. I mean, ultimately, we need to look at a console that's got hot swappable you know, pieces for the generation of an 8 to 10 year lifespan. Oh, I don't need to trade it in and get 30 bucks when I can swap out these parts. Like, I think even Sony came out and like, because everyone's like, well, Xbox One is, because it is the most powerful console because it's the latest one out. It should be the most powerful console. That, yeah. But I think with Sony, though, like, I think they even came out and said, like, we don't need another console right now. And that's, like, I mean, you've got the rumor mill going around that they're going to release the PS5 next year or the year after. It's like, that would be a horrible move, and I think they know that, so we don't need that because you're forcing your fan base to pay out even more when all you have to do is just put out the games. No, you you being as a gamer, uh, you've had the 3DS, you had the PC. And you said Sony, right? You had your PlayStation, right? Or no? Uh, no, I've had a PlayStation 4 and I've had an yeah, Xbox One. So, right now, it's just like, you can go bounce anywhere. Like, that's cool. <laughs> Does, because, like, some people, like, one of my friends, it's like, he can see, like, the definition in a game, like, the graphics. Do graphics bother you as much, like, when you play a game? Not whatsoever? Like, graphics, could, actually, for me, one of the lesser things that I look for in a game. I look for gameplay and I look for story first and foremost because mm -hmm. that's like looking at something for its you know face value that's like looking at people for face value graphics are okay they're there it's whatever you're in it for the story you're in it for you know the understanding the content what's actually there the substance of the game if a game was nothing but graphics then we could plaster Call of Duty everywhere take out the story and have just the multiplayer and call that the best game ever yeah that's a lazy way to do it I feel like but when you look at it, a game should be about the substance of the game. Yeah, which makes big sense to like me, like, like I understand there are some frame rate drops in Breath of the Wild. Like you can see it; it's fine. because it, it doesn't take away from my overall play of the game. But like, I just have friends that they can notice it and go, like, "Oh no, that's, I would turn it off immediately." And I'm like, "Why?" Like, <laughs> just. Just like, I'm playing Disgaea 5 right now on the Switch, and units on the map, the, the game slows down a little bit, and I'm like, meh, it'll fix up. How do I do that? I kill like half the board, and then we're good. You know, frame rates are going to happen. Performance errors, as Tony Stark said, like 1 in 5 in the, Avenger, in the first Avengers movie. You can't expect things to be perfect, so you should celebrate the imperfections, you know, the mm -hmm. little details that make things unique like that. So, so that... that that that's actually killer because I've never I can't I can't believe you actually said that or like I can't remember you actually said that, which is fine. So I guess we can focus on because like E three and like great times uh, I guess a little bit. We'll start off with 
where should we start? Let's start with let's start off with EA. I don't know if you caught any of EA stuff. Anthem. That is about the only thing from EA that I was excited for. Not a way out. Yes. A way out. Oh, I forgot about that one. <laughs> and they fix a game that should be for Switch. The it's yes. like the two co-op player game. I don't know if you got to see it, but it's like a co-op like where your help like you can sit couch side with a friend like army of two i don't know if you ever heard yep. of it uh you can just sit together and like you go through a cutscene, and i'm still walking kind of like split screen type shit like it's like that sounds it, it's really that's cool. inventive actually. so i feel like that game should be for the switch but it's not and then if that is it's gonna be cool for people that like have friends that get to sit down and play together it's going to be interesting, but it's going to be online play too, which is only two characters. But Anthem, of course. Yes. Why were you excited for Anthem? <laughs> Me and my entire friend group just, I don't know, we all just get so excited because we all just, we have like screen after screen after screen in the living room. We'll just sit there and we'll all just get all the trophies together. And we actually all restarted Borderlands like in December and December 2nd and then by December 12th we were leveled up completely again because we would just sit there like every time we all had days off we were like yep Borderlands drunk play Borderlands so I think Anthem is going to be another one of those where we all play it get through story mode by ourselves and campaign all that fun stuff by ourselves and then just do you know the group stuff all together what we do with we did it with uh mass effect and all of that so cool, cool, cool. andromeda what about you anthem i don't know too much on i worked mo through most of e3 the game that i'm still looking the most forward to is i want more news on metroid we'll get to nintendo okay. <laughs> we're not there yet we're not there yet nintendo boy samus come on that was that was my my favorite shocker moment in the no, we're not we're not nintendo yet but we'll get there i know i'm, I'm disappointed that Scalebound is no longer a thing even though that's old news by this point but no i understand what you're saying because that was the original reason i was going to buy an xbox one yes Scalebound was looking amazing wonderful. but then also they got canceled i was just like well fuck it i don't even want one that's so. like Kingdoms of Amalur. Have you ever played it? No, I've never played it, but I've heard of it. <laughs> the, uh, I feel like a curse with gaming, after playing so many stories that I have, is that I can sit down and pick out a story and how it's going to go. Kingdoms of Amalur was one of the only games that I could not figure out how the story was going to go. Like, I didn't see the final boss coming at all. The way, okay. And uh, I was going to tie it in with uh, going back in with Scalebound here, great games getting canceled. That had an MMO that they were actually going to work from the same universe and the guy who I can't remember his name off the top of my head he worked on Oblivion from he partnered up with I think Ari Salvatore I think was the writer for the yeah the, for the lore of Amalar and then is it Seth MacFarlane Spawn yeah I think so Seth MacFarlane for who? no not no Todd MacFarlane is it Todd MacFarlane the guy yeah I think it is the creator of Spawn. My name. My names are coming up short. Here. <laughs> he was the. He was the artist. Google this shit. Google. <laughs> when in doubt, Google it out. Um, 
anyhow, they had a, like just the triforce of creativity there with these people, and Amlar shows like even their DLC is wonderful. Yes. Yes. The game is like if you love Fable and you love RPGs, like in the sense of oh, take take the I best. I want part. another Fable game. Sorry. Fable for me ended at one. Two was okay. Three I don't talk about because just like that dipping tobacco commercial that you oh see in every God. movie theater. <laughs> spoiler alert, it's been out for a while, but when a character gets anally probed and mentally, well not mentally, but orally probed by some tar and turned into a villain, I think we've crossed the line between forced sodomy and tar monsters. I mean, that's almost hentai. It's like, like the that. Jurassic really? Park of the gaming world. So. I've never played it, so... <laughs> yeah. It's like the Jurassic, like, it's like that particular franchise is like the Jurassic World of the gaming world. Like, the first one's good, the second one's okay, and then the third one, you're just like, so what you're just, is this? So you're just hoping for that Jurassic World remake. <laughs> We're hoping that Jurassic World remake with Chris Pratt. If Chris Pratt ain't in it, I'm not down with Come it. Come on, Minehead Studios, you got this. Come on. Jurassic World that. Let's and, do and, this. If, if we can have, if we can have, um, shit, it's Death Stranding. Love them both. Both the actors are in it. It's going to take me a minute and a return to come back to it. We've got two wonderful actors in Death Stranding, being the antagonist and the protagonist. If we, if we can have them in a game... I almost said Daryl Dixon, which is which is true, but it's that's not his name. Okay, I'll look it up for you guys. Uh, but what's uh, funny is that you were talking about how you didn't know how a game was going to go. So, like, with, we, Sorry. Yeah, with Omelar, I couldn't figure out how the game was going to... Yeah, the story was so wonderful that way. I uh, love games like that. I love games where you're just like, oh man, I really don't know what's gonna happen right now. Like some games, you're just like, oh man, I know what's gonna happen. And it happens, you're like, oh well, that was stupid. Okay, like, but what's funny is that uh, the game that actually inspired me, or it came out last year. I just Final Fantasy 15. Oh yes, Final Fantasy 15 is great. It, it came out Final Fantasy 15. You're good. Um, you, so you did like Final Fantasy fifteen? Yes, awesome. yes. Awesome. Um, I got mixed reviews about it by myself, but the game that me and my sister played together, like that's like the first time we like sat down. Like I think it's the first time I ever seen my sister sit down and play in a game all the way through. Or, oh my gosh! Or like really? play me because like, she just turned eighteen. And, like we we flip back and forth, like play the game together, and we're just like we were just sitting there at the end of the game, and like we we stopped it and watched the end credits. And we were just like, that was probably the most impressive, depressing, mixed-filling game I've ever played in my life. And it kind of made me think about other stuff in life. Where like, did you, like, you're talking about Final Fantasy VII Identity. Or, you know, like Final Fantasy VII uh, Identity and Cloud. And, like, trying to figure out who this person is. This game did the exact same thing which it took 10 years to create and we got a lot of fans upset yeah the last guardian did that for me <laughs> like, so. there are so many games where it just gets delayed and then it gets stuck in like gaming hell and you know you when it gets announced you're just you're either overwhelmed by it or you're just at the point where you're just done caring because well, you it took so long for it to come out but games are all I hate saying they're always better when they push it back, but I think the most recent one they pushed back was GTA. They pushed back GTA Five like a few times, like they're doing with Red Dead Redemption right now. They've pushed it back, and GTA actually, I, I 
hate saying the word I hate GTA. I just don't enjoy it. It's just not a game for me. I personally never. Actually, I take it back. The only one I liked was The Ballad of Gay Tony. And the only one I've ever I take, played. I actually take that back. I appreciate the story in GTA. I love the story. It's amazing. Sarcasm. I like satire is amazing because I went to school for it to like for to be an English lit major. So to see that played out in a video game is awesome. So to see that is awesome. But the actual gameplay itself makes me not want to play it because I see my friend just rob somebody all the time. Not even do the story. It makes me I just don't like, don't do the story because you have to start out doing the story. You don't get to go, you know, free roam and everything. And I just don't understand why you don't want to finish something that you started. Like, I just don't understand people that start like a book and then pick it up like months later and act like nothing happened. And I'm like, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> you stopped reading this book. You can't just start where you left off you had to start all the way over i mean i did that with the witcher because like i grabbed it but something else came up so i restarted the game completely the witcher is a really really good game yeah that entire franchise is fantastic the witcher 3 for me was the only game that i wanted to break the controller on and before i touch base it's mad nicholson and uh norman reedus yeah if they could have them we could have chris pratt in the video game um I mean, he did voice his Lego his Lego character. Yes. Uh, with, with The Witcher 3, I have a tendency, you know, after they started the whole trophy thing, and Halo Reach, which personal opinion Reach was... I really like Guardians, and I feel like I'm the only one Halo? that even liked Halo Guardians. Gar- Guardians was wonderful. The, which one was it? Was it 4? Four? 4 was the one I hate the most. Oh, the only one I've ever played, man, is 3, so... Four, I hated because of what they did at the end of the game, which led into five. Guardians was fun going back and forth between the two characters. Yes. Their, their squads. And you get that whole sense of a story instead of being like, oh, I'm, you know, Master Chief is a badass. He, there's no doubt about it. But Spartan You don't Locke, even have to play Halo to not. Spartan Locke is not as much of a badass because he's not a Spartan 3. Spartan 2, Spartan 3, one of the two. Can't remember. It'll take me a minute. He doesn't have all the genetic augmentations. Yes. He's a human. So he's keeping up with Chief and building up his story that way. Like, I want to see that because he's got fucking Nathan Fillion on his team now. Come on. Mm-hmm. When you have Firefly on your team, yeah, we're good. So <laughs> looking salty. at Yeah, it's very salty. Reach was, <laughs> Reach was the best, in my opinion, because of what happens. You know, it's been out forever. I've got it on my Xbox Live account. So, like, all the Halos are digitally purchased. That's one of the things I'm just like... Play this. Just play it. Play Halo. Just <laughs> Reach was based after a book that was fan fiction that became, yeah, fan fiction, I believe, that became, you know, one of the creators wrote it in. Yeah. Everybody does not make it out. Mm, damn. It's about the first planet that the Covenant attacked, and they glassed the whole damn thing. Shit. Wonderful. The maps were wonderful. We played BTB, Big Team Battle, 16 players. Everybody, when they got forged, recreated Valhalla. So, rev sniping, which is something I picked up from a buddy of mine who played pro, was definitely a wonderful thing. Somebody gets on, one person gets in the car, the better driver drives, the other person gets in the passenger seat of a revenant with a sniper rifle, your reticle goes from that to like this. You see a player, you pull the trigger, you snipe their head off. Yes. And what's, what's funny is that, like, like, a lot of people know, I personally sometimes, like, I get sick playing first-person shooters. Yes. So, I stay away from them. Like just dizziness and stuff, but I do enjoy Overwatch for some odd reason. Overwatch, Overwatch is, is great. <laughs> Did they announce the voice actor for Doomfist? 
Not yet. Not yet. Terry Crews, come on! <laughs> We're going back to like EA and E3. <laughs> I keep forgetting about Star Wars because. Oh, how can you forget the about Star Wars? So, the first too. one was just. I loved it, but at the same time, it just wasn't. For my Star Wars nerd level, it just wasn't there for me. But I feel like that's why the game didn't impress me as much as it did. And then it's just the fact that the second one, they're like, we're going to fix everything that was wrong with it. And I'm like, is this because of John Boyega coming to tell you that you fucked up because John Boyega did that? And then you were like, oh, hey, we should fix this. <laughs> like, just put John Boyega in the game. Like, let He's me be Finn. He like, is in the game. Like, we let you knew that. With, I did. With Star Battlefront, they have, we have the past generation and the new ones. You want to know how to make the new ones great? Look back at these. Yeah. Xbox and PlayStation 2 had it right. Yes. And only giving us, what, like three or four characters on each side? No. If I want to play a character, you better put the character in the game. That's how Star Wars fans, I feel like, should be, you, you know, will tell yes. them. Yes. That, that's how I feel like they will write a petition and say, this is how this shit works. And Why like, is this character the fact, in the, that, the fact that X Factor was there, too, like when they were like helping Tesla. Like, is this going to stay in the fucking game, guys? Please. Is this <laughs> keep this in the game. I don't. This was in the game. Leave it. Leave <laughs> Like, seriously, I think X-Factor, like, when him, just him be on the stage, it was like, oh, shit, he actually knows what he's talking about. Like, yeah, like, but, like, you talk about that. I haven't, like, I didn't play the first Battlefront or any of the Star Wars Battlefront games. So, it's just, like, this one is, I'm ready. It's, it just looks awesome, and it's good. It's going to be great. I'm so excited. Like I said, they showed it off at D23 this past weekend, and I was like, oh, God. D23. Everyone sleeps on D23 every <laughs> year because they're so excited about Comic-Con. I'm yeah. just like, why are y'all gonna sleep on D23? That's where you get Star Wars and Marvel and yeah, and GameStop had a power up rewards thing that I spent like eighty thousand points into. And it like literally, it's like you could win a whole weekend getaway at D23. <laughs> Take all. Take points. all my points. All of them. It's like two hundred and two hundred points. No, two thousand points was like a hundred entries. So I was just sitting there, and it took two weeks, but I kept sitting. You can't spend any more points. Okay, we'll wait this out. Yeah. Next I, week. I'm going to get this trip to D23. Did I get it? No. <laughs> but still, it's just the time. It, 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 it was worth it. You got, you were saying something? I don't remember what I was saying. <laughs> <laughs> like we're telling, we were talking about D23. You were talking about how everybody sleeps on it. Oh, everyone does sleep on D23, though. Because that's where you're getting, like, all your Star Wars information, your Marvel information, and, like, Whatever they're announcing at D23 is obviously going to be, like, like they had the whole outfits and costumes and stuff from Infinity War, and then they had the, tr like, the preview for Infinity War, which apparently blew people away, and I'm just sitting here like, oh. Oh, yeah. Like, why wasn't I at D23? I want to see this, and, like, they had, like... Josh Brolin was there, who's Thanos and Flash Cable. Yeah, they, yeah they minus like, like I think minus like Chris, Chris Evans, Evans and Robert Downey Jr. No, Robert Downey Jr. was on stage. I think it was just Chris Evans that wasn't yeah. there. Yeah, uh, Thor wasn't there. Or uh, Chris Hemsworth. Hemsworth Chris wasn't, yeah. And uh, fuck. Hulk. Hulk is Mark Ruffalo. He wasn't there either. I no, believe like, they were all film. I think Chris Evans is filming something. I believe Hemsworth is filming something. And I think. I think Ruffalo's filming something too. Mm. Well, so much filming. But like Tom Holland is Tom Holland, which is interesting. We'll get into that because like we'll get into the Spider-Man Homecoming. We're getting there. We're getting there. <laughs> not, not really, but good God, uh, we 
We were on talking about E23. Yeah, E23. E23. E3. E3, but we went to D23, which is fine. Like, nothing wrong. E3, we talked about Microsoft for a little bit. Are you guys getting Xbox One X? Did that sell you guys? It did up until I saw it was like $500. It's, it's a console I feel like people should wait on first. Because we have other things, like, to maximize what you're getting out of that console, you have to have a better television. Not just even a 4K. Like, if you want the best output, you need a 4K HDR. If you want to best use that network, you need faster internet. So you got to be on, you know, it's it's the top for a reason, but everything else has to be on par with it. Otherwise, you're just paying 500 bucks for an Xbox One that yeah. runs better. Yeah, because what's funny is that I did the podcast like where we did coverage, like E3 coverage. We talked about, like, well, how was it? He's like... Well, my computer actually can do it, so I'm not really worried about it. And then when another one of my friends said, like, PC gamers don't care about me, so I don't care about them. So I'm getting an Xbox One X because they're an Xbox fans. So it's, it's understandable because, like, PC is, like, grand for some reason. Like, because, like, you can get everything, of course. Yeah. And you can get, you can end how much you want to spend into it and how much time you want to spend into it. That's great. I don't feel like it's got the it's got a really strong community, but I don't feel like it's got the same community. Yeah, it doesn't have the same community as like your Nintendo or PlayStation or Xbox. What was interesting is that well, just get just get the S. That's what one of my friends said. Get, get the S. I'm like, no, just get the X because the difference. Like, and then like he said, like I can build a computer for like four hundred dollars. That's the same thing. Then he came back to me. He said, actually. To build the computer that matches the Xbox One X, it'd be six hundred and fifty bucks. So it's actually pretty impressive for what it's putting out. But what you're just saying is, if you want the best resolution, you got to take into fact of the 4K ability. Do you yes. have a TV? If you're running 1080p, get an Xbox One. If you're running 10, 4K, get an Xbox One S. If you're running 4K HDR, then go for the X. Yeah. So it's like just about that time back in. It really matters. Do the graphics really matter that much to you as a gamer? And if not, then don't invest the money into it because you could use that money that you're saving to buy more games that you want to spend your time playing. Yeah, yes. exactly. Because, like, just think about it. Uh, because this will tie back in because, like, PlayStation, like, they announced a lot of games that everyone's excited about. Monster Hunter. Everyone's excited for Monster Hunter. You're cheating. <laughs> Huh? I feel cheated. Really? Why? Because, not 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 in the sense that Monster Hunter is going off Nintendo platform. It belonged to Sony long before it belonged to anybody else. Like, PlayStation 2, that's where it started. Where the hell is Monster Hunter Double Cross? Like, it's going to Japan, and I'm going to have to play it in Japanese. I get that. What the fuck? Like, really? They, they're just like, here it is. It's great. You can carry over all your sav- save data. Okay, here comes 500 hours over. By the way, it's staying in Japan for right now. We don't know if we're moving out of the country. Fuck you. Why? Their stock dropped like 4% from that, I believe. Really? Dang. When it when they announced it, Nintendo stock shot up, and for right now, Capcom stock went down. Shit. <laughs> well, Capcom's on the burns of like they're trying to come back into gaming. Resident Evil Seven was okay, good. G- give us Monster Hunter outside <laughs> Japan. That's how it works. That, that's how. Just give <laughs> like, us this one thing that we've been waiting for. I don't want to have to go to Japan for these things. Like it, it, we we love that it's coming to PC, Xbox, and PlayStation, but you're fucking with the, the formula. You've already made it. And now people are going to have to patch your work, fix your error, clean up your shit, put English work in there, or French or, you know, Italian, whatever language they're going to play, but they're going to do it. But we're going to have to move that game over ourselves digitally and fix it since Capcom has it. It's a lot of 
Yeah. Yeah, Capcom should just be like, worldwide release, and their stock will shoot right back up. If they just say Monster Hunter Double Cross, Switch and 3DS, worldwide release, this day. Cool, cool, cool. That, that, would, that would definitely fix it. It'll like Everybody would be like, yeah, we need that. Death Stranding, I know you might be excited for it, right? I Get am me? excited <laughs> for it. I'm very, 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 very am excited for it. <laughs> Why? I just, I've been waiting for the game forever because they've been pushing it and they're just like, it's going to be great, it's going to be great. And then Norman Re Reedus is in it. And it's just, I love Norman Reedus. Like, he's pretty much the only reason I still watch The Walking Dead other than Negan. So, it's literally just one of those games where it, the physical plot of the whole game just sounds interesting. And I'm, like, such an avid story gamer that, like, it's just going to be one of those games where I'm just like, oh, my God, here's this story. And they're like, oh, tell me about it. And I'm like, no, you're going to have to play this game because I can't tell you about it because I'm so excited about what happened. I'm going to jump through and then tell you everything that happened, and you're not going to play a game. You're going to have to play the game on your own in order to do all of this because, like, it was the same with, like, I hate using this as a reference, but Until Dawn, because that game has, like, 500 different endings, it's, you can watch one person play it, and you can play it, but you're not going to have the same ending as this other person unless you follow step by step what they did. Yeah. And you know, there are no two people on Earth who think alike. So there's no way that you and your friend are going to be like, oh, yeah, let's just, you know, go left instead of right, or... Let's let go of Beth or hang on. And I'm just like. So are you excited for Detroit as well then? Cause yes, actually. Detroit looks really good. And it looks really good. I haven't read a whole lot into Detroit. But from what I've seen and what I've heard, it just sounds so good and exciting. I'm not thinking of Death Stranding. What's the other zombie game? The other zombie game that's coming out for PS4. Is Death Stranding a zombie game? No, I was thinking about the zombie game, but Death Stranding just came to me. Because I know everyone's Is it Days like, Gone? Days Gone. That's the one I'm thinking of. Are you I have been for waiting that? for that game. I have had it on pre-order for God knows how long. And I just sit there at GameStop every day and I'm like, when is this game coming to me on it? Because, like, I remember seeing they were, like, in the PlayStation store. They were like, yeah, you can pre-order this now. Blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, cool. Let's see what I can pre-order right now. And I went through... You know, like, has, like, movies and TV and all of that. And I was like, games can I pre-order? And it was on there, and I read, like, the little synopsis of it. And I was like, I'm sold. I'm sold on the synopsis alone. Like, it's very rare when I'm told, sold on just a synopsis of a game. I have to see, like, actual, like, gameplay footage and stuff. But that one, I was like, nope. Synopsis it is. I'm here for it. <laughs> I have it on pre-order, and I'm just like, I need it. Is going Let's out. go. It's, it's on the list. Were you excited for it, or did you just like, eh, it, maybe? It's one of those on the fence for me because zombie games have a love-hate relationship. They either fall off. Dead Island didn't care for. Uh, most of the Dead Rising games I didn't care for. Dead Rising 1, love that. But that you can clearly Last say us, is more of a survivor game. Last of Us, I didn't feel it was zombie because it wasn't. Anybody? God of War, I want to see something go well with this one. One, two, three. They were okay. Ascension was my favorite. And a lot of people give me, they're like, three was the best. No, 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 no. Ascension. Ascension. The underdog yeah. story. Come on. Yeah. It shows what it, it, I what slept it on God of War. I'm not going to lie to you guys. Fine, I but, slept on God of War. But then that enters the field of that whole thing of 
repetition of bringing them back into Oak's story and recreating it. Is he, like, going, is he going to kill the Norse guys now? Yo, or like, I don't know that. Is I, that his son? Yeah, it's his son. So he's got a, is it Kratos, Kratos? I, I don't know. See, that's the thing, though. But you're you're selling the same title. It's just kind of, it's going to be thrown into that argument of, like, Mario and Legend of Zelda. You're using the same title. So, like, I've, if you want to talk about IP not being, re, new IP being made, why are you arguing if that might, if you're a Sony fan, God of War, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, it's going to be great. Like, I'll, I'll, I see the argument on the sound. You know, some people are going to say, as we mentioned earlier, beating a dead horse. It's not Call of Duty, and this isn't any shame on Call of Duty and no shade on it. It's not Call of Duty. You're not getting the same multiplayer game the next year with new maps and some bug fixes. You're getting another story. Yeah. So I'm excited for it regardless. It's, it's not like with, with Mario, at least this year, we're getting a brand new Mario. I'm just hoping, off topic, because we're getting GameCube games back on the Switch when that launches. Sunshine, please. Ah, it's my favorite I mean, Mario game. Well, so, well, I take that back. It's my second favorite Mario. Well, everyone can. Well, mine's Super Mario Galaxy. So my yeah. favorite Mario game is Super Mario RPG: The Legend of the Seven Stars. Oh gosh, old school. There <laughs> so was Super cool. Nintendo. I love my Super Nintendo. <laughs> I've I've heard people like make petitions. I know somebody that's over the phone at somebody on Nintendo customer service. People want Geno in Super Smash Brothers, and all they got was a trophy, and they're like, this is bullshit. No, this is... <laughs> this is know. not what we wanted. Yeah, but what's crazy, because we'll go there, Spider-Man first. Spider-Man the game, not the movie. Oh, the game. Okay, the game. I was like, not wait. the movie first. I was about to say, because I have some fun stories about the movie. <laughs> the game, There's this one looks good. It's amazing because it's ultimate. It's I'm ultimate Spider-Man. Like, yeah. I've, I've been hit and miss with a couple of Spider-Man games. My favorite was Web of Shadows. I like this. Like, Spider-Man's my favorite character. So Sp- like Spider-Man it. is a wonderful character. <laughs> he's, he's the young, like, in and of a sense, he's like the younger, more moralistic Tony Stark. Because, yes. Because he's... And we'll dive deep yeah, into he, the he, movie. He, he, he's not an alcoholic. He's got his own issues. He, he fights different demons. But and, he's, he's and like, just the fact that he's eight years older, we don't get an origin story in this. It's like, yes, no origin story. I and, don't have to watch Uncle Ben 134 times. <laughs> oh, like that meme when you see Peter Parker in the grocery store and he's holding Uncle Ben's rice and he's like... And like everyone's Uncle like, ben. which which is gonna be interesting because like people at the thing because like you know Spider Man was the last thing they showed at E three for uh, uh, Sony is that like we're like Miles come on I was like Miles Morales is in this damn game let's go let's do this I love Miles and just like nobody it's no, just like oh no one no one's like what who is this I'm like oh my god we're gonna have some problems. Following up from the comics and on the topic of Spider-Man, they need to have a Spider-Man game that's just masterfully created. But, like, I'm so... All the Spider-Verses. Oh, God. What's funny is that Insomniac said that it's twice as big than Sunset City. So, like, I don't know how big Sunset City is, but, like, if it's twice as big as that and there's a lot of villains in it, I'm like, okay, I trust you guys. Like, and what they said at D23 was interesting. It's like, well, you can say that a person likes a hero, but, like... Like how we're talking about like the character, who under who's underneath the mask, and yeah. like if you feel fine with the person jumping off, then you're with that person, like Peter Parker, not Spider Man, and like we'll talk about it, but like how he's like, come on Spider Man, come on Spider Man, come on Peter, come on Peter, you got it, like that's just amazing, like 
like if we're gonna be able to fill that like in character like Cloud, Laura Croft, mine would have to be Cloud too, because uh, it's the first game. But like just the idea of like we're with him right now, like we're, we want to be with him. Harry Potter, we grew up with him the yes. whole entire way through, so it's just amazing how like it's influenced us in some way. Can I sidetrack with that Harry Potter thing and talk about how excited I am that there are two new books coming? There's two more books? She is putting out two more books. This is not an ad, but I didn't know that. This is not an ad, but oh my god. Oh, wow. Like, I, I saw my friends like, oh my god, did you see this? And that's what I woke up to at like 5.30 this morning. It was just like a bunch of times like, oh my god, oh my god, guess what I just found out. Oh, wow. Was like, she said it was done. Now let's look at Nintendo because like we're all alright Nintendo be, boy. It's like, your turn. like we're both Nintendo fans. You don't understand because like I was at work and watching E3, and all of a sudden they they start off with Xenoblade, and I was like, okay, yes, yes, I like that series. I don't know if you played the first one. Xenoblade, I have not finished the first one, and this I have it. It's one of the games I have digitally. There's on my 3DS. There's 94. Most okay. of the Nintendo let me have. Of sorts. Okay. None of them stolen. Xenoblade, I love. I gotta go back and finish it. Um, it really makes me understand how fucking Shulk is OP and fucking Smash. There's just... The only issue I have with it is how revealing the story is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because as soon as the first masked machine shows up and it's got the claws and it's just like... And it kills the certain person, no spoilers, and it goes through and you finish that off and Shulk gets the Monado. I'm just like, I know who the bot that is. And if that's going to happen, this is going to happen to that character. And I was right. And I was like, shit. Yeah. Shit. But, but then all of a sudden they showed off Kirby. I was like, Kirby? Like, really? Like, I felt like I was a right? kid again. Like, it was like the same Kirby growing like, up. everybody was so mad about it. And I'm just like, why are you mad? This is the next play, guys. Kirby does more than sucking and blowing, even though Adam Sessler and Morgan Webb gave us wonderful comments. <laughs> and what's crazy is that next month, we get the uh, Rabbids game, which is cool. Yes. I saw the trailer for that, and that's adorable. Yes. But, like, the thing is about that is that Ubisoft was cool enough to team up with Nintendo to make that game. Mm-hmm. And Ubisoft, like, Skull and Bones, uh, is going to be a cool game. But it felt like Assassin's Creed 3 just taken out. Like, fuck it. We're going to make our own game. And, you uh, mentioned Ubisoft. Oh, my God. And then, like, Assassin's Creed 3, or uh, Origins, is going to be amazing. But back into Nintendo, I thought it was interesting that the next game they showed was um, Metroid Prime. I was like, I didn't know what to do with myself at my desk. I was like, just chilling. Like, as soon as they put the logo up and said, now in development, I just like stopped what I was doing. Like, <laughs> just hold on a minute. <laughs> like, is this real life? Is this, is this April Fool's or is this what's actually going on? Because you actually have a new Metroid. Like, another M was not what we needed. Yeah. And Federations no, wasn't what we needed either. Federations is more of a joke. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we, we get those performance errors, as I said, and that was more of Mass Effect 3 for Metroid. Hey, what? You're not Samus. You're some person in armor. You can play multiplayer. There you go. No. Take it back. Keep it. Call it a me game. Put it in the plaza, and I'll buy it there. Don't call it Metroid. But now we get Metroid. And I don't, I don't, I haven't looked into who's going to be the director of it yet. I don't, we don't know yet. Just it's a new director. <laughs> we, we need the person that wants to be the director, be the director. So we need to go knock on Sony's door. 
because I'm going to have to ask them, you know, I'm going to have to ask Mommy and Daddy Sony if Hideo Kojima can come over and play. Because he wants to be the director. He posted it online years ago. He would like to do it. Okay, have you seen the other games he's made? No? Let me start with Metal Gear. Metal Gear. You get where we're going. Death Stranding. Metal Gear. Okay, let him have it. I'm, I'm almost guaranteeing that he would do a wonderful job and make a blockbuster. Because look how he tells stories. As it yeah, is. Yeah, right? People, like, it just baffles me that people don't know who he is. Like, you'll talk about him, and people just have no idea who he is, and you're just like, how are you, how can you just sit there, sit here and say you love playing video games and not know this man? Like, that's not... I mean, like, same way with people say Moto is, but you don't know who Anuma is. Like, really? Like, like I, know what Anuma, I know who Anuma is. That's a legendary producer right there. Yes. <laughs> but how did you feel when you saw Metroid? You were just like, oh my god? Or were like... I'm ready for a new Metroid, and since it's going... I think uh, what's funny is that we were all joking around about it, like, as gamers, like, yeah, they're going to announce Metroid this year. They're going to announce it. And I was like, when it actually happened, you're like, is this real? <laughs> this is real life. <laughs> I know that we've had some footage. I don't I didn't think if it was on there or not, so this is my, my loss on uh, if they announced anything on a Star Fox. Nothing. I know Miyazaki, like a year or two ago, was talking about working on one. So if we can get, we've got a Mario coming, and a Metroid coming. If we can get a Star Fox, and we've got a Zelda, then we've got a strong lineup. Yeah, like our, like first party, I'm not worried. It's just that third party. Well, we get we get Blade. Yeah, is it Blade? No, Blade. <laughs> the Kai Nicholas is the studio or the creator. Say like Blade Runner's the movie. We'll we'll probably get to movies here in a little bit. <laughs> yeah. um, whereas Blade Strangers. Blade Strangers. Blade Strangers is third party, and it's the characters from Nicholas, and it's a fighting game. Oh, okay. okay. So I would say that would be definitely something third party to look into. And like I got this trend going on. We'll talk about it later. Kara Schneider, I, I saw I saw your meme like where you went crazy about Metroid Prime. He's like, yeah, let's go. <laughs> like I got, I think it's true. Like how everyone felt like they listen, like they're listening finally. Like we need another Ridley fight. And like so, like Nintendo's finally listening to us. Like thank you. And then like so, when we see Super Mario Odyssey. It's just like, oh my god. Like are we really? Like I think that's the problem with some people that are not that are not Nintendo fans. And like when when it's all said and done, we can look at the whole year in its entirety. You can throw in Horizon Zero, Dawn. you can throw in. I don't know other game that's really big right now. You can throw in probably Assassin's Creed. You can throw in like anything like that. But when it's all said and done, at the end of the year, mm-hmm. Nintendo will probably have two Game of the Year candidates. All I'm saying about Odyssey, after seeing the Amiibos, somebody at Nintendo, please. We got three Amiibos in wedding attire. It's Bowser and Peach. This is what I want. Bowser and Peach to be unmarried. And Mario gets to be the dude who's like, you're stealing my woman. We're yeah. having it out. Tuxedo fight. <laughs> yeah. Tuxedo fight. I want a well, tuxedo like, fight. Throw the coat off. I mean, he's got the vest on. He's like, we're doing this. Just we are tuxedo fighting right now. I mean, like I said, like, it's just the, the idea of, like, you know, those games, like, Nintendo has two games that are going to be for the game of the year, and people are upset about it. And I don't understand why. Don't be upset. Enjoy. <laughs> like, they said, fuck Nintendo. Like, wait, what? Fuck Nintendo? We're... No, <laughs> no, not at all. Like, 
tell me one time that you did not like out of how many years have you been a gamer? There, there's a 99.9% chance you've touched a Nintendo game once. Yeah. Unless, unless you, you know, you were beaten every time you touched one, and then you had to touch Sony or Xbox, which is horrible. But just you probably played one. You probably played a Super <laughs> Nintendo once. Have you played a Mario game? If you've played Mario, you've touched a Nintendo and game. Smash Brothers counts, people. Yeah. It is a Nintendo game. And you're as better at the Switch by the time that game comes out. <laughs> I'm working on it. I'm just saying, like, I'm, just I'm working saying, on it so hard. I'm I working call, on that. I'm working on I it. I call it spade a spade. But like you, like you posted something online, which is kind of interesting. Shout out to Maddie Holt because she actually beat the first game of it, this trilogy that just came out of uh, Crash Bandicoot. Are yes. you guys playing that? No. Yes. No console. <laughs> no console. Yeah, no console. I, I do remember it though, and you get to ride a dinosaur, the T Rex. Yeah, T Rex. Everybody I know right now. Tiger is literally just so mad because they're like I do not remember this game being this hard when I was a kid and I'm like I'm like when you're a kid you don't care you you just want to play the game but you're getting older and you're just you don't have like your kid attention span is all on the game but your adult attention span is like everywhere but your game and that's not how you want it to work but that's how it works but from what I've played of it and what I remember, it is a lot harder than what it used to be. What, what's funny is that my friend, she actually beat the original a month, like a couple weeks prior to the new one coming out. Really? Beat him. And then I, asked, I said, shout out to you for actually beating it and not complaining about it. She said, like, I'll admit it was hard, but once you get used to the controls and stuff, it was great. It was easy. It's just that sometimes, like, the character doesn't jump like crash doesn't jump when you want him to yeah like you can he's like and it kind of threw her off but like she said after she beat the first one it's like a treat to play the second and third or something she yeah. said because like two and three are easier a lot easier than the first one so it's like yeah. hmm okay warped was definitely easier there was more to the story I felt like but it was definitely wonderful two was interesting never beat two that was hard I personally never beat it <laughs> I like cause like I, I looked at it like recently I was like is this Sony's version of Mario? I said that to myself. <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that. I just saw like the like the the, per, the plant piranhas and stuff like that. But they're sitting here doing like all these like game reboots, and like all I, like all I want, I've been praying to the gaming gods that I get a Spyro reboot. Like all I want in life is a Spyro reboot. Spyro one, I'll be sad. All I want. They don't, they don't have to give two and three if they don't want to. Just. Just the first one. Just give just me one the Spyro. Just, 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 just one Spyro. That's all I want. Give us the first Spyro when you're going from Dragon Realm to Dragon Realm. You're saving the dragons. You got to find all of them. You got to find all the missing treasure. Those motherfucking blue guys that are running around. <laughs> oh my god! Like you can't go through childhood and touch a PlayStation without hearing that. Nah, 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 nah. Fuck you! No, <laughs> no, fuck no. You like give me that egg, and then you're running and you're running, and you fall off. You're just like fuck. And then yeah. you're like, you know what? I can't. Okay, I gotta, I gotta do this. I gotta do this. Fuck you. It's like you'll get so mad when you die. You're like, I'm done playing this game. And then I'll be like, Do you want to play again? You're just like, <sighs> <laughs> Yeah, I guess. Go get some snacks. <laughs> yeah. had one of my favorite like I have a mini fridge in my room, so I'm covered. <laughs> so I mean, I just gotta walk to the mini fridge. I'm like, I got some soda in there. I got, you know, I got Doritos, not in my mini fridge, but I got Doritos, I got pickles, I got candy, I'm good. The only thing I have to leave my room for is, like, ravioli and popcorn. 
because I do not have a microwave. So popcorn, pickles, and drinks. Is popcorn, pickles, and drinks. Okay. Like I'm in the movies. Okay. Uh, yeah, toasty on the topic of Spyro, best boss ever. Because who the fuck makes you fight a sheep? Yeah. Right? <laughs> it's like, oh, who's this boss? He look, he looks like a scarecrow. No, you burn his the whole uniform, the entire outfit. It's like, a sheep on stilts. Really? <laughs> wow. Well, I have to take that back because there is a boss in Lollipop Chainsaw that is a hippie zombie, and she makes you fight chickens. What about like her de- games? Like decapitated chickens. Like you have to fight the heads, and they're moving. <laughs> One of my favorite games uh, from the PS2 is Tactics and the Power of Juju. Yes, <laughs> I love that game. <laughs> I don't know why. I guess because it was just a comedy fest the whole time through. Well, like that's. Like, that's me with Lollipop Chainsaw. Like, this is a comedy game to me, and it's my guilty pleasure game. And then I push it on everybody I can that has latched in, that hasn't updated. I'm like, you need to play this game. It's great. I'm like, there's literally an achievement for looking up her skirt. And it is the hardest achievement I've ever had. And, like, you're sitting here fighting, like, a punk rock zombie. You're fighting, like, this fat farmer zombie. Um, There's, like, at the end, there's, like, a big giant like huge hulk sized elvis zombie and it's just so fun you have like a t-pain zombie it's in a diaper and you like play you're in an arcade you're playing a video game in the arcade inside the video game and it's just so fun and i love that game because it's so corny it's so cheesy and it's just like one of those games it's just like oh no this is my guilty pleasure game like I can't <laughs> tell anybody I play this game now as you like you're a Nintendo fan as I'm seeing you wear this Pikachu of course Pikachu, <laughs> Pikachu! and like if you're telling me that you played in BGS or is that what it was BGC, BGC? Uh, I got to play one tournament this year that I, I was actually really happy um Shout out to the person that I follow the most on YouTube for everything that I learned, which is Aaron Cybertron Zhang. I've heard of his name, actually. He is educational. He is wonderful. Uh, learned a lot of my strategies from him and the people that he knows. And so follows. you're at, like, after this, you're going to have to have me a friend code and everything and teach me some more. <laughs> so I'm being dead ass. But I know you've got to be excited they announced a new Pokemon game for the Switch. Yes. I, we of, don't know what it is, but it's cool. Like, a lot of people want it to be the rumored Pokemon stars, which I don't feel like that's going to happen at all, because we have Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon, which, granted, if you want to talk about it, eating a dead horse, the Pokemon games, you get a new story, and the next one, it's a remake, or it's a sequel, indirectly, you know, it's, and what it's there for is here's a new story, and here's changes to the VGC. So it's in, unfortunately, if I feel like every other season, it's in the same boat with Modern Warfare, Battlefield, and stuff like that. Because one year you get a brand new story. X and Y were the Renaissance, Alpha and Omega. I didn't touch VGC for those two years because that I didn't care for trying to get legendaries and whatnot. Uh, Sun and Moon, wonderful. I started playing Sun and Moon 15 minutes early at the midnight because it downloaded while I wasn't looking, while I was connected to the store's Wi Fi. And boom, I was playing it and they're just like, we're going to kick you out even though you're the host. If you don't shut that damn thing off, you're spoiling the game. Okay. Fair. Yeah. I'm looking forward to, and I hope, you know, I would be happy for an HD remake of Pokemon Snap. Come on. Yeah, Pokemon Snap looks like it's gonna be gold. If, if they bring it back, like I, I need to actually, like I've seen it like commercials, like that looks really fun. But now that we have like digital ca- capability, but yeah. I don't feel like the Switch has a camera, but that doesn't mean we can't solve that. 
But with Pokemon going on there and a brand new IP, what I would really like to see is it doesn't matter. Like anybody can start playing Pokemon, and I just I just can, think like can, oh, my, my bad. Oh, keep go ahead. well, like so, like um, people that say like the but the number one game that they play on their 3ds is a is a Pokemon game. I feel like personally, like Nintendo 3ds. I don't know if it's true, but like I feel like it needs to die. The 3ds. If I'm saying if it dies down, meaning like it would take away like what we do with every generation, take away the internet process and whatnot from it, then are you really telling me that you're not going to get a switch to play the latest Pokemon game? I feel like everybody. All right, if Nintendo's going to kill off the three the three DS and the two DS lineup to move everything over to a switch yeah. like that, and that's assuming that they're not going to make another handheld. But at this point. At this point, Nintendo's focus should not be about making another unit if the Switch is doing so well. They don't even have... Somebody asked, why can't I have an XL version of a Switch? Are you fucking kidding me? That's what the dock's for. It's called your television. Here's yeah. your XL. Um, and, and, like, since we're gamers, we just care about the games. Like, we just, just care about the games. What, what Nintendo needs to focus on if they're going to kill off the 3DS and the 2DS, we need a bigger case for storage because there's people that will want to keep, you know, their physical copies that collect them. They'll want them all in the same place. Focus on bigger SD, micro SD, so we can save more. Because I'm personally almost I'm hybrid on this one. I'm half physical, half digital in my games. It's all about that eShop. It's all about the digital service that they're working on. Which this goes back to Red G83. They didn't reveal much of anything because he wants to provide a world class service. Yeah. So if you're going to kill off us all a favor, kill the Wii U also. Yeah, because like you're giving us more than likely. I would I would think that they're going to pull Super Nintendo to GameCube. So that Nintendo, yeah, that Super Nintendo, Nintendo, no, Nintendo, Super Nintendo, N64, and GameCube. Bring the Wii, bring the Wii U, bring the DS, the 3DS. Bring it all. If you do that at the price you're asking, 20 bucks, to play certain games, don't put them all out there at once, but... A recurring library like a Netflix thing? That's, that's, that's what, that's, that's that's what, that's what, what PlayStation <laughs> does with PlayStation PS2 games that you can play, and they switch out titles, like, every now and then, and it's like... Ten nine ninety nine a month, something like that. But we're talking twenty dollars a year. Yep, twenty bucks for the year. entire year. You can download <laughs> like, any games at any time. Like PlayStation now cycles them, and then Nintendo's just like you can. It's go on there, download the game, and then you can play. You don't have to stream it through internet. Yeah. And what I want to say is, okay, we see the investment. You know that some people have a lot of games digitally. We're gonna let you move them to the Switch. And maybe if Nintendo does that and it goes well, you know, Sony and Microsoft, Sony and Microsoft may drop their prices. Drop their prices, or they may do the whole like since your year membership for Xbox Gold or um, your PlayStation Plus is sixty, no matter which way you're going, it's maybe they'll figure it out and like add a bundle thing in there where you pay for that, or then they'll just. Roll it in there. Roll it in there, because I know Xbox does backwards compatibility on some of their Xbox 360 games. And they have a poll every. Month. I will say that yeah. was that was a bomb though when they said Xbox games on Xbox One X. I was like, oh god, that's that's so like for me. <laughs> like somebody but, needs to roll PlayStation now into PlayStation Plus. And just give it to your gamers because your console should have. Microsoft had to flip the switch. You know, we all saw it when it, you know the consoles were being announced. Microsoft had to go first. So everything that they said, Sony went right back behind and they're like, this is how it's going to be, you know, we're protecting the fans or whatever. You know, their stance was their stance. And now Microsoft flips a switch, you know, by triggering something in their console and now they get reverse compatibility. 
Sony should have had that in theirs. It's not right to cut people off from their games because you have people that want to have that nostalgia. Don't keep them from it just because now they have to have two, three, four consoles. Granted, they have them for that reason because they're afraid that the you know the company's not going to support it, and they don't want to give them up for the nostalgia anyhow. Mm-hmm. Exactly. With, exactly. You know, this is the only reason I have my 360 still is so I can play Lollipop Chainsaw because it still hasn't become backwards compatible. I'm just like, I feel really weird keeping this one system for this one game. And it just sits there because I literally play this game when I have no other games to play. But it's just like right now we're in the golden era of like video games and I love it. You're like, like, I forgot. Like, I'm Pre- so glad I'm alive right now. President of Sony. Can you remember his name? No. Oh, God. I got it. You got it? I'm going to Google Like, that. he said, like, it's never been a better time than to be a gamer. And that's true. Like, I've been living by that for like a couple of months now. Like, like, this is a great time to be I'm just going to call him Kaz. Kaz? <laughs> Kaz? Okay. I don't know. I didn't want to fuck it up. But I'm just going to call him by... Oh, no, I'm no, just going to no, call no, him by no. his nickname. America. America, so... The president of America? I was like, let's not get into that. That's... <laughs> I don't do... Part. It's a good stance. Uh, it's not Michael Lenton, is it? Oh, great. <laughs> I'm going to... Everything's about to fire. It's amazing. Do you feel that way too? Do you guys feel that way? It's yes. all about the player. Like you said, like story. It's a story first. There's yeah. games for people who love stories. There's games for people who need a release. There's games for people who want competition. The like there's literally a game for everybody. Like even those people that don't like want to play a game, but don't really want to put in a ton of effort. I hate saying that the Telltale games are for people like that, but they are, because you don't have to do a whole lot, and you can watch yeah. the whole story unfold, and you get to choose what happens in your story. Yeah, Sean Layden. It's like, um... Sean Layden is the president. It's like those books that you used to read in, like, elementary school and stuff, where you would get to choose, like, whatever happened next. It'd be like, if you want this to happen, like turn to page 54. books. Yeah. yeah. And, like, that's what Telltale is. You, They'll give you options, and then your game. It's like, Life is Strange. Oh, gosh. Don't get me started on Life is Strange, because that's awesome. That's amazing. Oh, I love Life is Strange. Um, like, Until Dawn's the same way. Um, Detroit's going to be the same way. Detroit's like, going to be that way. We're going to have a lot of great games. Like, the Walking Dead Telltale series is just absolutely amazing. The Batman one is actually really good. You know, they just I'm in the middle of the Guardians one right now. They so. just announced The Wolf Among Us 2. Yes. Yeah, that's the game that the Wolf Among Us might be going to Switch. Yeah. Tell Tell might be going to the Switch too. Like, like, yeah. we, if we get three, I just like you know that the CEO of, Final, of Square wants to put Final Fantasy fourteen on the Switch. Yeah, Nomura. Like, yeah, he, and like, shout out to Tetsuya Nomura for actually fucking finishing the game. Oh my god, that drives me crazy. Like. Because like they like they said that when we came out and said it was Square Enix's fault that took so long, but when you were on Final Fantasy 13 versus which came Final Fantasy 15, it's like they shifted you to make Kingdom Hearts. Go ahead and make it, but like when they gave him the 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 reins, the keys to do Final Fantasy 7 too, it's like, are these games ever gonna come out? <laughs> That's what it felt like. And then like seeing him on the stage at D23, he was like, okay. I know something big is about to happen. And then, like, when you saw it like, coming out next year, like, oh, great. This is fantastic. <laughs> I just want all of my Kingdom Hearts. I 
Just give them to us on Switch. Make it portable. Well, yeah, that would make sense. And, like, um, that's the game that, like, where, like, people... Like, I, I, like, I thought about it kind of personally. Like, 1.5 came out a couple years ago. Then 2.5. Then 2.8. I was like, something big is about to happen. Like... You know it's coming out soon. Like, you know it's coming. You just, like, you're just sitting there waiting and waiting. And you're just like, I don't know what's going on. It's like a jack-in-the-box that's never popping out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's wonderful that it pulls from Disney. You know, we've got a dead set Square Enix universe. And they've also pulled from The World Ends With You. Yeah, and so Final we, Fantasy. We, and... We, we might be seeing Noctis at some point, you know, because of how popular of a character. We might see Lightning at some point because of how popular of a character. But think of all the Disney worlds, because we only had so many, I felt like, at the time that the first two came out, and then even the handhelds. Yeah, Big Hero Like, your Disney universes. We, we, we have Marvel. We have Star Wars. Wonderful purchases. We have Toy Story's been confirmed. We could get Big Hero 6 involved. We can get Wreck-It Ralph involved. We can have... We're going to have to let this go, but we could have Frozen involved. Come on. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Whoa. Hey, oh. I, I'm all for Sora riding on... Sven? Sven. Yeah. Riding after a heartless boss <laughs> on the back of Sven with Olaf has a summon just right beside him. I'm okay with that. We had Tinkerbell. No hate yeah. to Tinkerbell. Love that too. I, I love Peter Pan. No, <laughs> yeah, I love just, Neverland. Just, uh, just let's yeah, throw just, it together. Yeah. Can you imagine like having the pe- like the characters from Inside Out, like the feelings playing Kingdom Hearts? Like you're going to have joy and she's happy about everything. Sadness. I was like, oh, this is so Oh, God. Somehow, somehow they get looped into Sora's head and Sora's like joy. Donald is anger. Now this is, is. Well, if you actually watch Inside Out and it goes through like um, Riley's mind, her mom's mind, her dad's mind, there's a different emotion controlling each one. Like Joy is mom's is ran by sadness and her dad's is ran by anger. So it's really interesting to actually watch that movie. And I hate being an adult sometimes because they're just like, because I was talking to my friends the other day about the new Incredibles movie coming out. Oh and I gosh. was like, I will be shoving children out of the way. I don't care. I've been waiting for this for 10 years, child. Honey, where's my super suit? I where's mean, my super suit? I mean, like, it, Toy Story 3 had that same effect. Just think about it. That came out the same year we graduated, per se. Of like, because we to yes. school together. So, yes. It came see. out the same year. And, like, I was going to college that year. So, it was just like, cool, I get to see Andy go to college when I go to college, too. Yes. Like, it had that same effect in the feel, so I can understand. Like, you're just sitting there, just like, oh, this movie is hitting me in the feels way more than it should. (laughs) Yeah. Just like, in the theater, just like, bawling. It's like, when I went to see Logan, I was bawling. Yeah, uh, this isn't the end, but do you guys have any questions for me? (laughs) Oh, gosh. (laughs) Do we have any questions for you? I always open that up. Open well, like, up. what games are you really excited about for anything? <laughs> uh, well, I think we kind of expressed it a little bit. A little bit. Let's see. We did. Anything <laughs> that we didn't discuss that you're excited about, let's let's do it <laughs> let's, that way. Let's do it now. That Mario Rabbids game is going to be really yes. good. Yes. Okay, Splatoon 2. It comes out tomorrow. Splatoon 2! <laughs> so. I love how people got a free trip to E3 this year. And I mean, it's, it sounds a little challenging and daunting, but just I want to go to E3 all so had, bad. All they had to do was play Splatoon. And if they won the tournament for playing Splatoon 1, if they won the U.S. tournament, then they got to go to E3 for free. So well, that E3 was open to the public this year anyways. Was it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was open to the public for this year. For the first time ever. Yeah. It's, and uh, we, we said, like, 
couple uh, podcasts ago, the like E3 with Iron Brain. Shout out to Per Schneider for calculate calculate it on your tweet. Two hundred twelve million people were enthralled with E3. So it's not a dying brand whatsoever. People, people want to go. E3 and see. is just—it's not dying. Like I don't care what anyone says. So like none of the but, con type things are dying. And yeah. I don't know why people think they are. Because it just doesn't feel like, like, because people say that E3 this year went great, but the only games you're looking for is Final Fantasy VII. That's the only reason you're saying that. Think yeah. about like I feel like E3 has the nostalgia for older gamers that the younger gamers don't have yet. And maybe that's what we're starting to see with digital content on the fact that, think about it, you're walking into a giant expo and there's demos everywhere. How many people look forward to a magazine coming in the mail every month? Oh, look, here's your new demo disc. Like, yeah. one demo disc, I remember, had three Tomb Raider games on it. You want to <laughs> tell me that you're not going to be sitting there, I'm waiting for this to come out. Yeah, like I said, we don't get that anymore. That's we don't really it. get demos anymore. But, like, what game were, like is coming out that isn't getting praise. Uh, no, it is getting praised because it's Metroid. So I'm waiting on that Metroid 3DS. One of my friends, uh, uh, Seth Fulkerson, shout out to you. Like I mentioned throughout, just didn't mention your name until just now. Sorry. But he said uh, his favorite game all the time, like is any given Sundays, twice on Sundays, game he can play the Super Metroid Prime. Yes. Me personally, I've never beaten that game. So for him to sit there and say that, it's like. The games that you guys have mentioned, unfortunately, I've already played, and I agree with you guys, but if you guys were to mention something like I've never played, which I'll ask for your recommendations here at the, towards the end, if it's something, like you say, like it's really great, I will literally buy the game, play it, tell you what I thought about it, and we'll come back on here. Yeah. So that's the idea of like influence, how that influenced you and how it influenced me, and like we just talk back and forth. And like that's the idea of this podcast, but I don't know if there's any other games for like the 3ds. Ever Oasis, I'm kind of I kind of want to get it. There's a demo available that way you can try it before you play it. Oh, that, is there? There's a demo for that, and uh, I connected the 3ds to the internet here this week while I was visiting a friend, and it popped up with an alert. And there's the demo for the Pikmin game. Oh wow! So the only thing I'm pissed off about myself is that it was on sale. Rayman Legends was on sale for the PlayStation 4. I bought it. Now all of a sudden, it's coming out for the Switch in like a month. Why do I gotta rebuy this game? <laughs> because companies don't want to get along enough to say, "Hey, why don't we have like one universal hub?" Hey, they were like they did away with codes. Registered this code. Okay, if you want to buy this version of this game, we'll give it to you at this discount. Yeah, like you said. Like I said, like. It's like the cross-platform thing. Like, I want it to happen. That's the only thing Sony doesn't do, though, is cross-platform. Sony pushed for it a while back. Like, when 360 PS3 was really popular, and nobody wanted to cross-platform, and now everybody wants to cross-platform, and Sony shits over here like... (laughs) Shout out to me. Shout out to Minecraft. You saw what they were doing, right? Yeah, Mario and shit. Well, like, Minecraft... All of the Minecraft servers will now be able to play with each other. By the end of this, by the end of this year, I think they're going to have their open shop that you can buy content, user-generated content from each other, and everybody on the different consoles. We're talking Switch, Wii U. Shout out to Rocket League too. Like Rocket League's coming over. I told somebody I'd buy that to play it with them, and yeah. hopefully it's cross-platform. They said it was already. 
Oh, I can play with the uh, person on well, the Xbox. Well, see, too. that's the thing. Like, I don't know if it's run this way. I don't know if this thing, if the uh, online thing runs this way. But in 2K18, in 2K, like the wrestling ones, I don't know about the NBA ones because I can't play those because it's too fucking complicated for me. What, NBA? There are too many buttons I have to push at one time. Not and I'm really. just not here for that. I can teach. Which I can't, either. which I can't say anything because pretty much the same in wrestling but i button mash in wrestling a lot which is how i win everything <laughs> but i, I don't do that ain't working. <laughs> but like there is a section it's called the uh the i believe it's called the wwe universe section and you can go on there and people create like different characters like obama or deadpool or something or they have, like, a character that's already in the game, but they just updated their gear to what it is on TV or something. Or, like, if it's, like, the Hardy Boys, they have them in, like, their throwback gear or something. And you can download those from other players. And you're only on many, you know, but, you know, whatever. And I think that that's just keeping track of you not downloading every single character mm -hmm. that pops up there. I'm also excited for FIFA! FIFA! Soccer. soccer. I love soccer, man. So, yeah. Well, actually, speaking of, like, sports games, like, Madden has the the first story mode thing in Madden Fuck this year. that shit. And I'm just like, I don't want Madden, though, because I'm going to have to turn the cover around because I don't like Tom Brady. No. And I'm like, I don't even like playing Madden because, like, it's the same game. Is, is it's he, the same hmm? shit. Is he going to be holding a football? I don't know. Is he going to be deflated? <laughs> oh, deflate gay. That's funny. Well, like, well, I've never heard so many people wanting a game curse to be real as much as I've heard it for Madden this year. Like, well, it happened to Gronkowski. My problem with that being a Carolina Panthers fan was that Cam Newton, Neil Brown, if you're a Steelers fan, because like they both put up record numbers, but they still Cam should have been on yeah, it last year. But it was just like really, they, and then like this year, I guess Brady deserves it, but it's like that's two years back to back that Patriots, Patriots are on it, and it's kind of weird. But like I personally don't want to play Madden because when I saw that trailer, I thought I was looking at NCAA. Like football, so and they don't make those anymore. It yeah. upsets me so hard. <laughs> That's crazy. But do you guys have any more questions before we dive into our movies? I don't think I have any more right now. <laughs> yeah. So, movie time. <laughs> yeah. Let's what? do this. Theories about Star Wars: Last Jedi. Uh, <laughs> watching the trailer, uh, I feel like people are going to jump to conclusions, right, and think that. Luke is saying, oh, the Jedi must end. I feel like that's towards the beginning of the movie and not towards the end. Well, if you actually look, he's still on the mountain that Ray found him on. So, yeah. But, like, my issue is that everybody thinks for the longest time they thought the Jedi was plural, and they came out saying that it is singular, so there is one Jedi, and you don't know who that is because it could be, it could be Kylo, it could be Ray, it could be Finn. We don't know. Like, I hate saying it, but people just, like, hate on Finn. Like, I understand. You realize he's the reason why everything happens, right? I know we had Daisy Ridley, but, like... Daisy Ridley is amazing. I love yeah, her. Yeah, love her. But, like, it's like... But if Finn did We're so didn't, attached to Finn. I'm attached to Finn because I feel like he is... Force-sensitive? Force-sensitive. I feel like he is me, in a sense. Like, 
in Star Wars, I feel like I, if I was in the Star Wars universe, I would probably be like Finn. I would be like bubbly and, or bumbly, bumbling over words and then trying to impress people and then be like, no, that's not what happened. You know, like in the first one, how he, he's supposed to be a stormtrooper and we know stormtroopers are emotionalists and he got the blood on his face and lost one of his stormtrooper brothers and like lost his shit and then he helped Poe escape and all of that and then he ran into Rey and all of that and it's just everybody was just so mad in Force Awakens when Han Solo died and I knew that it was coming because nobody goes on that bridge in Star Wars without dying and I knew it was coming but it still hurt me the way that it happened and I hate the fact that it upset me as much as it did because I knew it was coming. Yeah. But everybody just kind of sleeps on Finn because I guess people view him as a secondary character in this world. He's definitely the, one of the main characters. And I was like, Finn is one of the main characters because he took a lightsaber to the chest and the face. And he's still alive. And he was like, he knows how to handle a lightsaber. Like, it seems like he doesn't, but he got to hold, he got to hold the lightsaber. He got to hold a Skywalker lightsaber. And he handled it well, even though he didn't really know what was going on. And the whole, like, Ray's parentage, like, Daisy has said that it has been out there. And her parentage, like, her parents have been, it's been out there. And it's right in front of us, and we just don't see it. And I don't think that she is a daughter of... I don't think she's a Skywalker. I really don't. I think she's a Kenobi. I think I'm hoping that she's a Kenobi. I'm thinking she's a Kenobi. <laughs> like, I really was, hope she's there a Kenobi. There was a meme well, where she was on a talk show and it said Daisy Ridley, and underneath of it it said Ray Kenobi, and then the meme has Chris Pratt from The Office. Like, oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, like it makes sense. Like everyone's like. Well, she's Luke's daughter, and all of a sudden, like, you watch it a second time, you're like, no, like, there's no well, fucking way. Well, if I remember right, in the Star Wars, it's either the novels or the comics, um, that uh, Leia actually has twins. <laughs> so, we don't know if Rey and Kylo are brother and sister or not. But it's just really... Like, we know Ray can use the Force. We saw her use it. And it's just an understanding that in the Star Wars universe that only the Jedis can use the Force. Which isn't true because Kylo uses the Force. Darth Vader used the Force. And they were technically not Jedis. They were dark. And there's a complete difference between light and dark, obviously. That's the whole point of Star Wars. You can't because Kylo, he's, like, teetering. Like, you see him struggle. And everybody hates Kylo for that. And I'm like, y'all don't understand that he's trying to fight off the light in him. So he can be overwhelmed with this darkness. And I think Kylo is the Jedi that ran away and went rogue. In the, uh... Because in The Force Awakens, they... Han Solo was talking about how somebody was in training with oh my god fucking Luke. I can't believe I can't remember names right now. And he went rogue and just went berserk and lost his shit and went to the dark side. 
we don't know what happened to Kylo. We don't know how he got to the dark side. We just know he worships Darth Vader. And they called him uncle. And it's just like, there's so much open now. It's just, you're sitting here wondering, like, okay, so who is, like, Kylo is their son and blah, 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 blah. But who is Ray? And everybody has, like, so many heated debates about Ray. And I'm just sitting here, like, we just gotta wait. <laughs> like, y'all just gotta wait. Like, you can have all these fan theories. I love fan theories. It's, like, my favorite thing to read. But people just get so into the fan theory that when they watch whatever they're watching and it's not the fan theory that they enjoy, they end up not liking whatever it is. Now, do you think that's a problem? Uh, not problem, because you mentioned, like, books and comic books. For Disney to sit there and say none of that matters anymore, like... That's not canon. Do you was feel it, was it Disney or was it George Lucas? Because I heard it was George himself. George Lucas said that. Yeah. I mean, like when Disney took over the franchise. So when they said like this is no longer canon. Like, no, I don't think that was Disney's call. That was George. Was that Kathleen Kennedy who decided that? Was it her? Or was yeah, because George Lucas is not even a part of it anymore. Is Kathleen Kennedy? So I mean, I'm pretty sure George Lucas is still there, and he gives like they show it to him to see if he likes it, but like. Do you feel like that plays a problem, like, if you're a fan? Like, how, like, well, it's not the books. They didn't follow the books. They didn't follow the comic books. But if, like, the company comes out and says, like, it's no longer aff- affiliated with the movies, do we have the right to make a complaint? Mm-mm. No. Like, if the company itself is like, this book, this this comic is no longer canon, this, you, this movie universe is not following comic, not following book, then it's fine because at the end of movies it'll be based off of or based on and if it's based off of it doesn't have to follow comic or any kind of material it can have the characters which is something really strange to me which is why like people are sitting here trying to figure out like all the timelines for like Marvel and DC and I'm just sitting here like just enjoy the quit trying to figure out where it is that we're in in comics compared to movies because you can't do that because there's a lot missing in between all of this because you can't put it all into a two hour three hour movie and expect people to sit through all of that like I barely know anybody that can sit through Titanic all the way through I watched that movie an hour and ten minutes <laughs> up at school we're playing spades someone was watching it hey, on DVD and like they just kept fast forwarding it I'm like oh I think this is the first time I ever seen this movie, and I'm so glad I don't have to go through all this, this crap. <laughs> with, with books and movies, I don't feel like we should ever consider filing a complaint because somebody in the company decided to write it off as canon. Non, it's kind of a spoiler, but in one of the books, wasn't it Han Solo lives and Chewbacca dies? I, I've never read the as, book, so I'm kind of happy Chewbacca didn't die because I, I would have honestly, and I hate to say this sometimes, but I would have made that same swap out. I mean, look at, again, going back to Jeannie's point, with books and comics versus movies, we don't complain when the Marvel Universe, you know, goes back and forth. Their cinematic universe is completely different from the novels in the, in the comics. So the Star Wars, sure, it started in the cinematic universe, and the books and the comics came after. So if we would have to, a reason to complain, we should complain about those and yeah. not the movies. 
but we don't. So. Mm-hmm. Did you guys both enjoy Rogue One though? Yes, yes. <laughs> so, like, best ever. <laughs> Rogue One was fantastic. Uh, Look, no, you cannot what? say it's the oh, best no. ever. That is that's is not true. So, sorry, but when it comes to when it comes to Rogue One, like I've had people tell me that it was the absolute worst Star Wars movie. Oh ever. yeah, it's and amazing. I'm, and I'm like, no, no, no. Look at it here. In all the Star Wars movies, you're going to have a hero and a villain, and the guys are going to go three movies deep and win. You know? We only get this cast once. Like, not spoiler, but actually kind of spoiler because you should know it was already. So yeah. Yeah, with with Rogue One, if not for their sacrifice then the first three wouldn't have played out the way they would. That's how it's written. I liked it because it felt more human. Yeah. Because there wa- they couldn't use the Force. None of them could. Yeah. They're just Rebels. regular they're regular people fighting for a cause that gave their life for a cause. That's why I feel like it was my favorite out of all of them is because at the end of the day, they don't have a Jedi to save them. Yeah. They have a Sith Lord to run from because, fuck, they're not going to kill him. Yeah. He's, no just, he's just walking through. He's just like, bitch, please. You see this? This is called your demise. You want to see how it worked? There. You saw your friend died? You're next. What? Come here. Force choke. I'm walking up to you. I'm going to shake like, your Like, literally. Like, <laughs> like, without even playing If you're out. naming villains, like, Darth Vader is a pretty, like, pretty up there in the villain universe. Like. But that's crazy that, like, because, like, Empire Strikes Back is always going to be number one to me for some odd reason. Empire Strikes Back. Then it goes Rogue One. Then everything else falls into place however you want. Because, like, Return of the Jedi is, like, somewhere over here. Like, my friend just recently, I just finished, I just recently got her watching Star Wars because she had never seen it. And she's like, can I just skip episode one? Because I feel like this isn't really important. I was like, yeah, super exciting happens in episode one. So you're good. Cool, cool, cool. But so to wrap up our final thoughts, because like on Star Wars, because like that, we just feel like we just gotta wait. Everyone, just wait. Yes. <laughs> December is gonna, is on the way. Yeah, it's what half a year from now. Yeah. August, September, October, November. July. Five months. Mm-hmm. So yeah. actually, five months from yesterday, I believe it comes out on the nineteenth. Yeah. Yeah. I can't. I can't wait. It's amazing. I can't wait for those <laughs> pre-order tickets to go on sale. <laughs> Everyone's like, I pre- I'll be in there. You know, y'all. I'll be, be up in Taco Bell, be like, look, need my Star Wars tickets. Let's do this. Just have money set back. It's it's a movie to see. Well, December is a pretty awesome movie month for me because like everything is coming out in December. So I'm just like, and what's crazy, and like when we talk about the video game world, like if you're looking at like Nintendo's launch, like you realize you're in a game every month. It's like, good God, guys, like slow it down. Okay. I can't play games that fast. And then if you look at the October 27th lineup for video games, that shit looks bonanzas, like, for real. Like, it does. It does. Like, Assassin's Creed comes out that day, Super Mario Odyssey comes out that day, you're just like, well. I don't have enough money! <laughs> yeah. I don't, I adult so hard, I adult! That's, that's where you just have to have the team up, like, that's when you talk to your friends be like, okay, you get this game, I'll get this game, and then I'll beat this one, and we'll switch. <laughs> Seriously, like, it's just, like exactly. Like, that, that's, that, that's the tag team effort. Like, and, like, gamers and, like, nerds are just, like, fun. Like, we're friends and, like, shit. Like, we can just talk. We've been talking for a while. I won't say how long. What, what, what movie are we on now? We are about to switch into Marvel. the comic book world. Oh, are we going to discuss Spider-Man before we get there? We will talk about... I yeah. want to talk about Homecoming. Homecoming. Wonderful movie. Yeah, um, amazing movie. Yes. Where is it ranking the spider movies for you? 
Everyone says Spider-Man 2. Shout out to Gabe Kelly for making that. Alright, I don't right. look at Tobey Maguire's stuff anymore. Um, it's a toss-up because I really like the second Amazing Spider-Man movie. Really? That Andrew Garfield did. Because, because, alright. Oh my god, that's interesting. I do not like how Tobey Maguire's films played out. The first one was okay, the second one I don't remember. The third one was bad. Andrew Garfield did a wonderful job, and this is me going off of the comics because... The Amazing Spider-Man comics, right? I had a very big beef with how, in the third Tobey Maguire film, how they portrayed Gwen Stacy. Like, that's not Gwen. Quit it. Burn the movie. That, that she's, they played her off like she's some, some sort of ditzy blonde. She's as smart, if not smarter, than Peter. Yeah, she's definitely... She's got her own comic series now. Yeah, she definitely does have her own comic series right Yes, now. and it is wonderful, and the actual Comic Zero made me cry. No, oh, no, no. Because I'm recently we, now getting into it. Yeah, so. like the original, there were six original. It was number zero, one, two, three, four, five, and I think maybe a six, so I might be wrong. There might have been seven. But number zero shows who, and it's only for like one page. Here's who the lizard was in her universe and why. And it was, and it's in the first one, but it was Peter. Oh, wow. Sure, sure, sure. And I'm, he just wanted to be special to somebody. I'm definitely getting into comic books right now because, like, that's the one, like, I've grabbed all of the Ultimate Spider-Man series. Like, I'm just, just... Like one of my friends gave me like over two hundred copies, two hundred issues, or just spider. I was about to say two hundred copies of just one. I was like, we're gonna need issues. to. You're gonna have to sell issues. some. Uh, just start making money. Two hundred issues. Even if you sell them at a quarter, you're gonna make bank. Yeah. So yeah, so it's gonna be awesome. But like, Homecoming was really fun to watch. It was really interesting because like. One of the best parts about Civil War was Tom Holland being Spider-Man. That was my only reason I saw the movie, because, like, uh, I'm just going to let you know, I'm not a Captain America fan, so I didn't enjoy any of it. Why am I the only Captain America fan (laughs) in the world? (laughs) Because, uh, I don't know. He's the heart and soul of the Avengers. There's no denying about it, but I just don't care about Captain America. He's more of, like, a super gymnast than a superhero. But, no, I, I at the could. same time, he's the heart and soul of everywhere he goes. It's like, when you're going to D.C., your heart and soul of D.C. is not Batman. Your heart and soul of D.C. is Superman. Oh, and no, I'm no, just no, like, no. No, 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 no Superman no. is your heart and soul. Like, no. Yes. No. I can't, I can't Batman. No, no, no. I no. can't Batman. No, yeah. because uh, we're not into, uh, I'll tell you why here in a little bit, but no. Because I'm just now getting into the DC universe, I'll tell you why. But but yes, Homecoming was fantastic. Homecoming was amazing. <laughs> no pun intended. What are you looking at in there, porn? <laughs> A dumb porn. Guy in the chair. A guy in the chair. <laughs> guy in the chair. <laughs> I mean, like it felt like I guess because they I have the Stark internship. <laughs> I thought it was funny that they all look like high schoolers and they look believable. That's and the best shout thing. Shout out to Gay Kelly for saying that. Like he said that in his recent review, check out it. That podcast is amazing because he just reviews movies that he sees. Uh, it's just cool that they all were like that, and then they hinted at Donald Glover being Aaron Davis, and it was like, huh? Who's Aaron Davis? And all of a sudden, you walk out the theater, you go like, Miles Morales? Yeah. <laughs> like, wait, what? Are they really hinting at bringing in Miles Morales into the Marvel Universe? And then I talked to my friend Alex Sutton. Shout out to you, bro. Is that... That's what the whole universe of Marvel is right now. Is it's set around the Ultimate Spider-Man. You just don't realize it. Yeah. 
and I don't know why. <laughs> it's just like, just go ahead and bring them in then. Right? <laughs> like, if it's that big, but like, people were like, well, I like Peter Parker more. I'm like, that's because you grew up with him. For Peter to come in, though, Miles is going to have to watch him die. I mean, for Miles to come in, he's going to have to watch yes. Peter die. Yeah. For, well, yeah, for Peter, to, for Peter to exit being Spider-Man, Miles will have the powers. And before he's willing to step up, he witnesses Peter die. Yeah. So, which is interesting because, like, I don't know if you saw it, but they show the footage without spoiling, really, is that in this new Avengers movie, he's actually wearing that suit that Tony Stark gives him. Yes. So, that's going to be interesting to see how he actually got the suit. I honestly want to know what that suit was because if it's is what everybody has been saying it is yes i don't know how that's gonna work current with its current state of where the cinematic universe is because i don't feel like we're there but from what i understand a lot of people are dying in the first part of infinity war like they're talking cap might die iron like iron Iron man Man might might die. die like well I, well Robert Downey Jr. wants to exit regardless so I can yeah. see it and Chris Evans only signed on up to Infinity War but he said he's up for more if they want to keep him around so several people will have to die but we also have to remember and I, I'm still going to push this until it happens so we need some Stanley action on that we need Deadpool Deadpool is I want split. that do you really think that Fox will do that though if Sony was willing to make a deal with Marvel, I feel like at this point, even if we can't have the X-Men, which I'm fine with not having them, we should at least have Deadpool because there's a lot of Deadpool Thanos history. And Deadpool, without knowing it, got, him stu- got himself stuck in a triangle initially with Thanos. Thanos was in love with Lady Death. Lady Death was involved with Deadpool. Thanos kills everybody and then thinks, now I can be with her. There's nobody left for her to come and take. She doesn't show up. After killing everybody, he's like, fuck, I gotta bring them all back. Brings them all back. Oh, not wow. saying that's how it's gonna work, but I feel like we do need, at some point, Deadpool in the movie. Like, I want, I just, I don't even care if he breaks the fourth wall. Like, I don't care if it's like the after credit scene that we talked about, where he's just in, in the, movie. in the, in the audience, everybody's getting up, and he's like, that was the worst movie ever. It explained nothing. Why would you end a movie like that? Like, yeah. I just want him to be Deadpool. Like, I don't... But, like... I don't... I think because, like... If you were, like... People say, like... Two movies have ruined them. Like, my friend Jacob Tucker. Shout out to you, bro. He said that two movies have ruined his experience seeing Marvel or, like, comic book movies. Deadpool and Logan. Ruined them because they're so great. And De- it... Deadpool... <laughs> all right, Deadpool is Deadpool. There's no... I mean, what? It's not. It's not allowed to be viewed in China because it's a rated R film, and you can't show Deadpool as anything less. So, we would have to look at it as if Deadpool does make it over, Marvel's going to have to understand that the movie's going to be rated R, even if he's the only person swearing in the entire movie. It has to be that way for a reason. Logan, wonderful movie. Everybody needs to watch it. Yeah. Everybody needs to watch it because it was. Emotions. Like that's probably the just daughter. That's probably the deepest. Probably the deepest I've ever felt for Wolverine. The deepest I've ever felt for that character. He went from being this guy who didn't care to a guy who realized he's you know even if it wasn't him consummating the you know the inception of the child, it's his daughter. You know, 
Yeah. He he bonds. He's like, you know, at any point he can leave, but she's even asking, why are you here? Yeah. And it's because he's he feels that surpassing of I'm more than just a guy with claws doing this that people think I am. I'm her father. Mm-hmm. So and that goes back Fair. to passing the torch, you know. He sees that she's the predecessor. So even yeah. even at the expense of himself, he understands that he's got to be there for that little girl. The guy yeah. tried so hard not to cry during Logan, you guys, because there was... I, every time I go to a comic book movie, I'm always sitting next to a child. I don't care... What, what, I don't care what movie it is other than Deadpool. I'm always sitting next to a child. And I'm like, why do I have to be sitting next to a child? I have to sit here and act like an adult and not cry <laughs> when I know shit's going to happen. Like when Rodney got knocked out of the sky in Civil War, I was like, oh. Don't cry. And he did cry. <laughs> and I cried. And I was like, oh, dang. And he's just like, oh. And then there was just the part where Falcon came down. And he's like, oh, I'm so sorry. And Iron Man's like, no. Guardians. He's just like, no. Bam. Guardians of the Galaxy 2 cried Exactly. Oh, my like, like, gosh. Right. We didn't even touch Guardians of the Galaxy yet. Because what's crazy is that it was an origin story. But you're just like, I don't fucking care. Because it's just great. Right at the end. Well, it's like, no. (laughs) Guardians of the Galaxy, when it first came out, was one of those bottom of the barrel. Marvel was testing to see how far down they could go. I was hyped with that. I was super hyped. I was super hyped because my dad loved Guardians. Like, he loved the comics. So it was like so deep. My dad was like, why are they digging so deep down? I was like, because they know if anybody, if you slap Marvel Studios onto it, People are going to go see it. Yeah. And, I mean, you got Chris Pratt in there. You got Toby Saldana. You got Bradley Cooper. You have Vin Diesel. Batista. You you have Batista. I mean, you have Michael Roker. (laughs) And it's just, I was so terrified when I heard Batista got casted. Because I was like, I've seen you act before. And it hasn't been fantastic. And now you're in Marvel. And then I have to remember... Marvel hasn't really miscasted anybody. So, it's just... Uh, do me next. Do yeah, me next. yeah. <laughs> it's just so. interesting because, like, just, like, we look at it like, dang, Marvel has had a lot of, like, a good lineup. Like, you can, like, I guess Sony, technically Spider-Man Homecoming is theirs. Sony. Yeah. It's, the, split, it's half and half. Yeah, but, like, it's just great that... You brought Spider-Man into the world. Like, thank God. Well, the Russo brothers had always envisioned Spider-Man being in Civil War. And that was the only version of the script that they wrote. Even though they told Disney and told everybody they had a different one if they couldn't secure the rights for Spider-Man. So, I find it really interesting because I think the Russo brothers played a really, really big part in getting Marvel partial rights to Spider-Man. No. Why did they change Andrew Garfield then? Is it just because it was? They bad? said when they cast him for Marvel, they said that they had, you know, they were gonna bring in a brand new Spider-Man. Oh, regardless. And, and Andrew, like, all right, Spider-Man, different, multiple different universes. Hell, the, the Spider-Verse is one of the best comics I feel like I've read in the past years. We needed a different Spider-Man for this because Andrew Garfield is a very wonderful Spider-Man. He's got a mix of seriousness and comedy going on, but we needed that comedic Peter Parker. Mm-hmm. And if we're going to have that, we needed to not touch the darker undertones that Andrew Garfield already touched. 
I feel like, you know, going back to why Andrew Garfield's second movie was wonderful was because it brought up that book of a debate that was actually written on did he kill Gwen Stacy or not when Goblin threw her off the bridge and in this movie it was out of the tower. You know, she's fallen through. Did he kill her or not? That's a darker Spider-Man than what we require. So we'll touch base with what, the Dark Knight? Yeah, the Dark Knight. It's not the Spider-Man what was it? The Spider-Man we need but it's the Spider-Man we deserve? Yes. Oh, yeah. Something of that nature? Yeah. We needed Tom Holland's Spider-Man for this movie. We needed it for Civil War. We needed it for this Spider-Man. We need Tom Holland for Marvel. Mm-hmm. Fox has Tobey Maguire. Sony has Andrew Garfield. That's perfect split. Awesome, awesome. Now, because we're talking about DC, are we like you guys think you talk, talk much about uh, Spidey? Because <laughs> th- we can go days on. <laughs> Got anything else? <laughs> I'm good with Spider Man. I just I want to see what he's going to do in Infinity War because the stakes are so High. much higher than Civil War, and it's just I want to see how that's going to affect Peter Parker mm-hmm. and slash Tom Holland as. Peter Parker and Spider-Man because he's going to see something happen and he's going to have to kill somebody. I think the, when we talk about when we talk about Infinity War. Because he didn't even try to kill um, Vulture at the end. He tried to save his life. But that's the thing though. He always, uh, Spider-Man's a lesser of two evils. So he's going to take the best, less casualty way out. That's just the character. Now, yes. did they mention at all how old Miles Morales was in Homecoming? No, they just said, I have a nephew. When so. Spider-Man, when in the comic universe, even though I don't think it's canon at this point, Miles Morales was still a child when Peter Parker got his powers. So we know that in Homecoming, he has had them for about almost a year because he had them six months prior to Civil War. Yeah. And so it's been about a year that he's had his powers, so that would... That puts him, I believe they said he's 15, 16? Yeah. In Homecoming, so that puts Miles Morales at like 5, 6. Yeah, so... So he's too young for them to kill off and then replace. Yeah, Yeah. it'll be a while, but like, it's like, it's coming. Like, it's definitely coming. But like, just like, my final thoughts is like, you see that Tony Stark was kind of being a dad towards... Him. Like, like the, the, the character development of Tony Stark. It's just different, but I just feel like Tom Holland outshined everybody. I don't fucking care. Tom Holland, <laughs> I love. I love saying this because I love getting into debate. I love getting into debates online about I think I Tom commented, Holland. Commented on that actually. But Tom Holland is the best Peter Parker that I've seen, and he's the best Spider-Man that I've seen up to this point. Not saying that Toby wasn't good. Not saying Andrew wasn't good. They were great. It's just. Tom Holland hits more for my Spider-Man feels than the other two did. I mean, like, when he's, like, underneath that, he's like, come on, Spider-Man, come on, Spider-Man, come on, Spider-Man, come on, come on. And you're like, oh, you got this, man. You know you got it. He's like, he's like, no, wait. Come on, Peter. Come on, Peter. You're like, oh, great. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Do it, do <laughs> let's it. go, oh let's go. But that was just me, like, in my other friends. Like, I was sitting there in the whole movie. I was like, do it, do it. I had to go see Spider-Man. Spoilers, guys. Sorry, but... But, okay, the first day I went to see it, the Friday it came out, a power went out at the, uh, yeah, at the movies, and I was so mad, because it was right when he, right after the big boat scene. Yeah. So, t- he was getting ready to talk to Tony Stark, and the power went out. And I was like, oh, fuck. 
back. Okay. So Malco was like, here's some passes. Come back and see it again. Went Saturday, saw it again. It was good, but it was really fucking hot in the theater because the air conditioning wasn't working. Went back Sunday, did a double feature, saw Wonder Woman, and then saw Spider-Man again, and picked up on a bunch of stuff I didn't see the first time. It was so hot, I wasn't really paying attention. <laughs> so I saw, I get to say tell everybody I saw Spider-Man two and a half times. <laughs> yeah. And it just makes my day. Yeah. But, yeah, I guess seeing how we'll focus more into the DC universe of this shit. Because I'll be straight up honest with you, if it wasn't for this Wonder Woman movie, I wasn't going to see another DC movie. Wonder Woman's the best movie that DC I have so many with. issues with people telling me this because I love Batman versus Superman. And it's just like... Because people don't view it the way I do, which is weird. It's not even that, though, Jenny. I just think that the fact of the matter is that they... It wasn't... Like, Batman vs. Superman wasn't bad, but... When you see Suicide Squad, you're like, okay, I get Will Smith. I get uh, Marjorie. Marjorie? Margot. Margot. Robert. I get their characters, but what the fuck was the point of everybody else in it? And it made me upset. So it was just like, look, Wonder Woman was the last straw for me. (laughs) <laughs> Suicide Squad was a good movie. My only fear was that having so many certain named actors, it might have turned into Fantastic Four, because Fantastic Four was not nothing but an all-star lineup of A-list cast people at the time. The first one was. Didn't oh, I thought we were talking about the current one. I mean, because like, like, yeah. the only way I look at Fantastic Four, the latest one, is Michael B. Jordan. After that, it's like whoever else. It's Michael B. Mount Jordan Moore, and Kate Mara. And Kate Mara. Then after that, it's like whatever. And then you get into that argument like, well, he's black and she's white. I'm like, well, how far can we go? I don't have an issue with that. I have an issue that the movie, like the first like 20 minutes of that movie didn't need to be there. I mean, I'm just saying like how far do we go in like casting? We like how we talk about like James Bond, like, oh God. Daniel Craig, great, great character. Yes. We'll get back into DC, guys. Sorry if you're listening to this, but James Bond, um, it's like Daniel Craig. Okay, he's about to exit. He's like he has one more. He signed up finally, coming back, saying he's going to do it. But people have a problem with the fact that Idris Elba might be the next James Bond. I'm fine with that. <laughs> I'm totally fine with that. But, like, I just thought was the fantastic actor. Yeah. It's I get that for the longest time James Bond was, you know, white, British, that's fine, but times change and we need to accept the diversity. And Idris Elba Times is, are changing yeah. and Idris so Elba <laughs> Fantastic. Come on. Come yeah, on. Exactly. Exactly. But like you were saying about Wonder Woman, like it's great. That was a great movie. Like Wonder Gal Gadot Woman. is a fantastic fantastic Diana and I'm so glad they found her like it's it definitely puts two and two together we can't say that Batman versus Superman was horrible hell they went back and they added which I haven't seen the added version yet they added to the movie to show everything that wasn't there there's an extra 45 minutes of that movie that is in the ultimate edition and it adds so much and it answers a lot of questions but everyone's biggest problem with that movie is the Martha scene which is understandable, but people don't view it the way I do, which is if you watch that movie and you don't just watch it, you don't one-dimensionally watch it, you actually think outside the box. If you watch it, Batman's biggest problem with Superman is that Superman is an alien, and that's all he's seen him as is an alien. And he sees him being a destructible force without a care in the world. Fast forward to, I'm about to put kryptonite in you, 
cut your face and you're screaming out someone else's name that's not yours. Yes, it's his mom's name as well as Clark's Earthler's name. But Batman at that point sees that Superman is not all alien, that he has human emotions and that he cares for somebody other than himself, which is what got him to stop. It's not the fact that he said Martha. It's the fact that he finally viewed him and saw him as more than just an alien. He has human emotions. He cares for somebody other than himself. He cares about, you know, Lois and all of that. Like, it's just really weird having to explain that to people that only view that movie one-dimensionally. And that's a thing. It's also a Zack Snyder thing. Zack Zack Snyder is a very three-dimensional director. He doesn't spoon-feed you what you need to know. Like, Sucker Punch is a fantastic movie, but you have to really watch it to understand what's going on. I mean, Watchmen's an amazing movie. Watchmen so, is fantastic. Just so, it's like, like, really? But, like, my problem is, like, you guys being DC fans, both of you probably. Yes. What is people's problem with Ryan Cowhill as Superman? Henry Cavill? Henry. Sorry. I want to say it's the fact that he's actually British. Henry Cavill is from Great Britain. And I don't think that they're used to having somebody who's not American being an American icon like that. But it's the same thing with Gal Gadot. She's not American. But the thing is, though, with that character, though, she comes from the Amazon and she's Greek. Yes. You can write that off like, I don't care. Superman is an alien. And yes, he comes to America. Yes, we get that. He lives in Kansas. We get it. But Henry Cavill... He's actually a really, really good Superman. He's, like, one of the best Superman, if not... People argue that the reason why they don't like him is because we grew up with uh, Smallville, Tom Welling. I did grow up with Tom Welling, which I understand. I love Tom Welling. But as a cinematic, big movie screen, you're going to need somebody like Henry Cavill. You don't don't think Tom Welling is... I don't think Tom Welling would be a good movie... Like, it's just like if they ever do a Green Arrow on the big screen, I don't want it to be Stephen Amell because I don't think he would be a good movie Green Arrow. Well, people saying that the new Flash, the Flash isn't going to be good. Like, oh, I'm so used to this Flash. I'm watching on TV. It's just like trans, it's just like doing different Batman. You know, you had, um, oh God. Michael Keaton. You had Michael Keaton, and then you had to up it to George Clooney, which we won't talk about. Um, to Val Kilmer. To Val Kilmer, and then you had Christian Bale, and then you had Ben Affleck. I know a lot of people that said Ben Affleck would be a horrible Batman, yet I personally... I he thought he was a, amazing. I, thought I, was he was, like, oh I don't like God. Ben Affleck as an actor. I really don't. But he blew me away in Batman vs. Superman. Oh he, he, he filled the shoes that needed to be filled, and I get that people didn't like him because they thought he poorly portrayed Daredevil, I and mean, he failed at his other roles. You know, I've heard the debates, but when but I'm watching yeah. him on that screen, it's like okay, none of that matters. It's like, it's like show me your Batman. Let's let's go. Like you have you have all these predecessors. How are you going to do this? And he, I mean, he, and he the thing is, though, like when you talk about the Dark Knight series trilogy, you talk about more of the villains than you do Christian Bale as Batman. You do. Yeah. So it's like, do you really like that series, or you just like the villains that were in it? I like the villains more in terms of how they were portrayed, which is why I don't know how our current Joker is going to fare. Because he, 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 would, he did great 
the but issue, his, screen, his screen time wasn't enough to settle me on. It's just the writing in Suicide Squad was really bad, and not just for the Joker, for literally everybody. <coughs> for they, literally everybody that wasn't Harley Quinn, it was horrible. They could have picked a better What's main antagonist. <laughs> they could have picked a better main antagonist than just having one of their own, which is Enchantress, which at one point they all fight each other. They will each, like the Suicide Squad at one point throughout the comics fights everybody. Mm-hmm. So they could have picked somebody else, somebody neutral, and had Enchantress with them instead of just writing it how they wrote it because it didn't feel like it should have. Mm-hmm. And they could have, you know, in that change, given the Joker a little bit more screen time because, yeah, we're going to have a little Well, bit the trailers of- made the Joker out to be the main villain, which is what everybody's problem with that movie is, is that the Joker was made out to be the main villain in Enchantress and Captain Boomerang and... El Diablo and Killer Croc and Deadshot. Harley and Deadshot, you know, and that one guy that dies like five minutes after we meet him. Yeah. I can't remember his name. I can't remember. <laughs> yeah, see, anyway. But, like, they, it looked like they were all joining together to go kill the Joker's plan. Yeah. And Harley being madly in love with the Joker, the way that she is, was going to go in and fuck everything up because she's in love with the Joker. But the thing is is that that's not what came out. That's not what they released. And I'm so just it just like made pummels. I feel like they tried to make the DC anti, anti-Avengers in the sense of. And I get it, you know, the Suicide Squad is the anti to the Justice League, but you don't have to have some big dramatic villain which is what they were building up with the machine and everything and going on, spoiler alert, for Suicide Squad. They Suicide Squad's been out for like a year, so we're good. Not really, yeah. but still though. Yeah. <laughs> they, they don't need that kind of theatric, you know, conclusion. They could have just written it in, like, look at Batman in The Dark Knight. In the first, you know, in those movies, there wasn't really this big villain doing all this magical crazy stuff. It was just literally one person against Batman. Or it was two people, or it was here's the here's the end game. We're gonna fuck with this guy. There's no magic. There's no world domination of turning people. No, just give us something. Well, that's what I love about Heath Ledger's Joker is that he wasn't a villain for the sake of being a villain. He was a villain because he literally just wanted to watch the world burn. That was it. Best Joker. That was his Joker. Like he just wanted to watch the world burn, and that was the way it was supposed to be. And that was my favorite thing. And then this Joker, like, I love Jared Leto. I do. But I just didn't have enough time to fall in love with this Joker. As and much as you did he, with Heath Ledger. Is he and then hearing from Jared Leto that they filmed so much Joker stuff for Joker to have his own movie. And then them being like, oh, we're giving you extended cut, but you only get like 15 more minutes. And it's just extra Harley Joker stuff. And you get that one hint of their abusive relationship, which is, like, I understand why they didn't do it, but at the same time, you got everybody romanticizing Harley and Joker and all these, like, younger couples that didn't grow up watching the animated series like we did or reading the comics don't understand that that kind of relationship is not acceptable acceptable it's, it's not normal it's extremely toxic and mm-hmm. they get what you got in suicide squad yeah oh i fell in love with a criminal and i'll run away with this criminal and everything will be fine 
you got two hints of that, which is in one of the extended scenes when Harley is still Harleen, and she is driving a motorcycle down the road next to his Lamborghini and then pulls a gun on him. And then the other one when he asks if she can live for him. Oh, and she pushes him and, off. And, yeah, he pushes her off, and then he goes to leave. But whatever love he has for her drew him back to jump in that bat with her. And that's how she became Harley Quinn in this universe. And it's just really weird to watch so like so many people romanticize over that those two over characters. those two characters. Yeah. Which I understand from a certain point. Like the love aspect of Harley and Joker is phenomenal. Just their love just like you know what I mean? Not like all the physical abusiveness, but when Joker and Harley generally actually care for each other and the cute things that they say to each other is good, but the domestic abuse, the physical abuse, all of it just counteracts all of that. So you don't want that. And that's not the Harley and Joker that you get in Suicide Squad. And it's just not good. That's cool. That's cool. Now... What's funny is because we're talking about villains so much right now. Damn, we have a lot of A-Way moments, guys. Just saying. Just deep shit. Yay! <laughs> awesome. Um, your opinion, because, like, there was a thing that looked up a while back. It said, like, there was a st- like, title, top ten. Who is your number one villain, both DC and Marvel, to combine? And I'll tell you what the study came out with. Because me personally, I was like, okay, Joker number one. No, me personally, I said Lex Luthor or Joker. One of the two. I said that personally. And then, like, when they included Marvel and DC, it's like, oh, okay. But I won't tell you what it was until after you two give me your one, two, and three. Venom through Marvel. Because I like his character development. He's been a villain for the longest time. Venom? Yeah, Venom. He was a villain for the longest time, but then again, when you dissect it, it's not so much the symbiote, it's more so the person that it's bonded to, especially if you've read the Guardians of the Galaxy and read how now he's Agent Venom. You know, that's the development for the symbiote, the character, because of the new host, which is Flash Thompson, the last time I read it. And then you go to the symbiote homeworld and you realize that all they wanted was one of their species to be heroic. Yeah. And, I mean, when you look at it, it goes from being, like, flash size to... They're like, we're going to give you your actual power. He bulks the hell up. Like, he's a fucking monster of just muscle in this form. And then he goes back to being flash. And it's just like... So, you've got that split. I like Venom because he's a well-rounded out character when he is bad. Did, he's, you, but he's, did you hear about the movie's going to be a horror film? I love that aspect. I wanted that aspect. It needs to be that aspect. And uh, Guillermo del Toro and some other people need to be on that one. We did, we need somebody that can write horror for that because we don't need just a thriller. We need actual horror. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Venom. Number one. So who's your number two? We're including DC and Marvel. Well, that was my Marvel. Uh, DC is more so. Joker's cool, but after reading. If I'm gonna, I can make a top three out of DC. It would be Joker being three, Captain Cold being number two, and Lex Luthor being number one. But that's because a lot of that is heavily influenced by the comic series Forever Evil. Lex Luthor, you know, he's just like, I'm trying to help people, but their perception of me is why they're labeling me this way. You know, yeah, because yeah. Good and bad are just labels, and that, you know, looking at Lex, he's just like, I'm trying to do the right thing. 
I tried to save a cat from a tree once so it didn't drown in a river, and when I tried to get it down, it tore into my wrist and I accidentally threw it. All I was trying to do was help. Yeah. And then it goes over and, you know, you read the comic and Captain Cold versus Reverse Flash. You know, he's like, Reverse Flash is like, I'm everything the Flash was and more or something to that extent. And, you know, Captain Cold's like, I don't respect you. And he goes into this phrase of talking about how him and the Flash have this mutual respect going on. But we don't have it. And then he freezes his leg and he kicks it. It's like, that's a villain. Yeah. He has this moral respect for the guy he's fighting all the time. But then somebody else comes in to steal the thunder. He's like, this shit ain't going to fly. Yeah. Like, you are fucked. He's like, when, that'll hurt when it falls out. And then he walks off. And he's referred to Flash with one leg missing. Mm. What about you, Jenny? <laughs> Doctor Doom is probably my favorite villain out of both universes. Okay. Because there's, like, absolutely no reasoning with Doctor Doom. Like, Call me Doom. Fuck the bullshit. <laughs> like, there's no, there's absolutely no reasoning, like... He's just like, I'm Dr. Doom, and I am pure evil, and I am your demise, and that is the end of it. Um, Number two. (laughs) I love the Joker, because he just doesn't go away. Like, he's one of those Batman villains that's always come up with some other kind of crazy plan, and it's always because he has so much hatred towards Batman. Like, it's never... Anybody else, it's just, I hate Batman so much. It's like, he is in a hate ship with Batman. And I absolutely love the fact that he's so focused on killing Batman. That's all he wants to do. And it's just fantastic. And I don't know if I have a third. (laughs) There's a comic series that I wonder if you've read where it shows up. They find out that the Joker has some sort of supernatural power or gift that allows him to heal past mortal wounds and they're tracing it back because he comes up with a virus that he spreads to people and if they're not cured in a certain time frame they die but he's like he gets all the Justice League like Bruce is showing off his new bat suit which is a mech mm-hmm. Superman comes down starts beating his ass he has to evacuate and get in the suit he's taking him on Aquaman on Green Lantern on Wonder Woman on and the Flash and he's like and they've all got like the Joker's smile across their face oh, and they can't, I've read that and he, he like you go through all of this right and he's trying to get you know the thing out of Joker's spine to save everybody he sacrifices himself throughout the end of it they come out of it and they start this new 52 Batman off with the new villain yeah I'm and currently it, reading the new 52 and so then, yeah they get the new villain and they get the new Batman which is Gordon and everybody was laughing about that because he's got a bat mech that looks like it's got a bunny suit. Oh, really? Bunny ears on the back. Oh, yeah, I can't wait but to read it. <laughs> there's, there's just one thing going into what Jeannie mentioned that I love about the Batman and the Joker's relationship because during that, Bruce, like, you know, Commissioner Gordon's like, Bruce is still alive, and, you know, uh, Alfred's like, don't talk to him about this. This is the happiest I've seen him in years. He's not thinking about going out and staying out all night and fighting villains and doing these impossible deeds. Leave him alone. And... Off in the distance, you know, there's a fight going on between Mr. Bloom, I believe, and Commissioner Gordon. And over here, you just sit, you look back and you don't see the Joker's face at that panel, but you see Bruce Wayne. He sits down, he starts talking to somebody, and the person he's talking to is the Joker, except their roles are reversed. Oh shit! No, and definitely the Joker's to... the one being the more moral and soundful person, telling him that he needs to go and do these things because it's what's right. And it's like, so if I feel like with that relationship and that bond, if one of them is in peril of identity then the other one's like the other one brings in that other half and that's how you can't have the Batman without the Joker so if Bruce comes back then the 
joke comes back. I'm going to use this as an example, but a perfect example of that is actually the Lego Batman movie. Because no Joker, no Joker points it. out that him and Batman are basically in a relationship. <laughs> and Batman is like, Batman doesn't do relationships. But he spends the whole movie, like, Joker surrenders. Spoiler alert for anybody who hasn't seen Lego <laughs> Batman. But Joker just shows up and he surrenders and then crime is done because every cri- every every villain has gone to jail and there's nothing for Batman to do. Like, what's Batman supposed to do if there's no crime in Gotham City? And so Batman is just Bruce Wayne and then he spends the whole entire movie trying to get Joker out of jail. Because oh. he has nothing to do. Oh, so that's a movie. What the movie's about? Damn. I he spends the whole movie trying to get Joker <laughs> out of jail, and then he gets Joker out of jail, and then Joker goes to what's worse than jail. It's like jail for super villains, Wait, like Arkham super Asylum? super villains. No. Yeah. Than- he gets he gets locked up in Arkham, and then there's another place where the worst of the worst villains go, which is like up in the sky. I can't remember what it's called right now. But it has like, it has like the Daleks from Doctor Who, oh, and wow. like the Indominus and the T Rex from Jurassic Park and Jurassic World, and wow, just villains everywhere. And it's just he spent Batman just spends the whole movie just sitting here like I'm nothing without the Joker. Oh wow, I'm just, just checking oh out. Oh my god! Then. And Will Arnett is such a good like oh Batman. <laughs> But it's really weird because the Joker's played by Zach Galifianakis, but you would never know that it was Zach Galifianakis. Oh, it's crazy. I definitely check it out. But what the thing is, what it said, number three was Lex Luthor. And I was like, okay, I guess. Number two was the Joker, which caught me by surprise. I'm like, and guess who the number one villain was? Because we're including DC and Marvel. Carnage? Hmm. No. Carnage was actually like top 15. Venom was actually five. Number one was Magneto. And I don't see how. Interesting. <laughs> Magneto got <laughs> fucked in terms of in, in, by his his daughter Scarlet Witch. You know, in one of the comics, she has all this power. She's ridiculously strong. She's one of the strongest people in Marvel. Being which is why I think she's going to tap into a bunch of that during Infinity War. So I think people. Are I think be that, I think Iron Man's going to lead that because he knows what he saw. Like you've got. I wish they would tie that back in, just saying. They've got her. They can't add in magic. Magic, I want to say, is if you had three mystics that were really, really strong, and we're counting only heroes because we all know that Doctor Doom is the second in line to be Sorcerer Supreme. Yeah. Uh, If you're only looking at the heroes, you would have Doctor, uh, yeah, Doc Strange. You would have uh, Scarlet Witch and Magic, which Magic is the younger sister to Colossus. She's ridiculously fucking powerful. But uh, there was, in one of the comics, Magneto was talking about, you know, his family, blah, 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 didn't care. She ripped his family out of his existence. She's like, you know what? I'm no longer your daughter. He's no longer your son. Boom. You want to be alone? Now you're alone. You have no kids. So Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch were no longer his family and his comic line progressed through there. He's one of the most morally conflicted people because, like, even if you read Axis... He went off because Tony, like, he went off and left him, and he, it looked like he was abandoning him. He's got both moments where he's a hero and a villain, and he's so likable because of it. Like, he wants things to go his way, but he has to make these compromises. And then, like, Access, as I mentioned, 
he's working alongside Tony Stark to stop, you know, Red, yeah, it's Red Skull plus Charles Xavier. I'm trying to think of his name. Anyhow, uh, he brings in Sentinels, Red Skull does. Yeah. And the Sentinels are all programmed to take out all of the heroes. And it's just like the Batman complex, where Batman had all the Justice League written down on how to beat him. Tony Stark had all the heroes, and Magneto's like, how are we going to fight this? And Tony Stark's like, well, they don't know how to fight villains. Yeah. Oh, really? Disappears, comes back. He's got Hobgoblin with him. He's got Carnage with him. Sandman with him, I think. Just all these villains. Shit. As much of as much of a bad guy as he is, he's also a leader. So he he's definitely worthy of the top spot. I'm yeah. Oh, it was yeah. like it was the just... shit that he does. <laughs> like look at the, look at the new movie Age of Apocalypse. There's a lot that I don't like about it, but there's things like his redemption. Apocalypse in general. Bad apocalypse. I would rather see... I love Oscar Isaac. I was so upset that I didn't like Apocalypse. I want to see in Dark Phoenix, I want them to cast... Is there another movie coming out? Mm-hmm. I want wow. them to cast for Magic. I want them to cast for... Tempest is too new. Tempest is way too new. Um, I'm trying to think of her name. The girl with the armor. It'll come back to me. I want them to cast for Kid Apocalypse. He needs to be in the movie. It's fair enough. It's after the movie. They need to cast for him. His ne- uh, their name is Genesis. Oh shit. He's what happened was they made a son or they made a clone of Genesis, and then they killed him, took his DNA, and put it into a laboratory that was the si- that would fit into the palm of your hand, I believe, and then that's how he was created. And he is left to decide his fate. And he asks somebody, you know, and they're like, he's like, "What do you see in me?" And she's like, "You will either save everybody or you will destroy everybody." And the choice is yours. And his mentor is Logan. Shit. Because shit, Magneto shit. in the, the comic run was one of the five people, I believe, that, I think there was five, that took in the Phoenix Force and Scott Summers accidentally kills uh, Charles Xavier. Okay, then. We'll definitely... That's how Axis starts. Shit, yeah. shit. <laughs> it's like this deep, for it, real. It gets good. It, <laughs> yeah, like, 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 if that's like, a if comic book read, uh, run that you're recommended, I will definitely run the, into it, for yeah, real. Those are minor spoilers of cliff notes of this wonderful story plot that spans through it. And Genesis, Kid Apocalypse, as he's called, has a wonderful confliction of... He sees everything like... Like, uh, as another person mentioned, you know, they're looking at... They're inside of a frog, and he's like... You know, the people are defined by their genetics, and they're like, no, people are defined by the actions that they make. Exactly. And he's I, having to. God, yeah, I gotta read. Having, yeah. to write this down, and we'll get to it. <laughs> uh, shoot, dang, a lot of the comic books. We're ready for Thor. Obviously, we all. We are, are ready for Thor. Okay. Be well, can't wait. I think it'll be good. See, isn't Doctor Strange gonna be in it, or is that just? Uh, no, I think he will be. I think he's going to be in part of it, I believe. Well, because we saw it at the end of him. At the end of Doctor Strange. And then Justice League actually comes out in November. That's the crazy thing. Like, if you look at the back half of this year, it's like... Loaded with awesome stuff for nerds. It's loaded. You got Thor, you got Justice League, you have uh, Star Wars. We're locked in right now as nerds. And then, (laughs) I mean, I I have Pitch Perfect 3, and it's just... Dark Tower. Dark Tower oh, comes out next month, and I could not be more excited. And like, I wish I only think Valerian comes out tomorrow. Tomorrow, <laughs> yeah, definitely gonna go see it. So. I'm gonna make, I'm gonna take that trip over to Evansville, you guys. Go see it in that IMAX theater. <laughs> That's cool. Or go see it in that Dino <laughs> theater where they can bring booze to me while I watch the movie. So let's talk about booze. <laughs> let's <laughs> talk about alcohol. Uh, anyways, but let's switch it to. Because this will be the last. 
your thoughts on the latest Game of Thrones episode. Loved it. Oh <laughs> my god! I feel like this. We're gonna have to spoil it because uh, we said like you've had too much time to not watch this fucking series. So whatever you guys say, okay. it's free, fair game. So I have a theory that um, Jamie needs to be the one that kills Cersei. If Cersei dies, Jamie needs to be the one to do it. Nobody else can do it. I don't want. I don't want Daenerys to do it. I don't want Tyrion. I don't want Jon. It needs to be Jamie because of all the shit that Cersei has put Jamie through since the beginning of this entire series. The Kingslayer needs to be just labeled as the Kinslayer. Yes, uh, because he's the only. He was the only person in his entire family. I feel like to give a flying fuck about Tyrion. Yes, he's the reason why Tyrion's alive. If he was the one to kill Cersei, and Tyrion found out then Daenerys' army would not touch a hair on Jaime. That would end the war between them because they obviously have a bigger war going on up top. Yeah, I, I guess I can see what you're saying because that is true. I yes. didn't think of that. Like, if... if and then... I hate, I hate barking you off here. Oh, go for but it. when I went back and rewatched it yesterday and it dawned on me how Sansa's hair is done exactly like Cersei's was in season one. And she's starting to, Sansa is starting to turn into a dark... Darker character. Darker I saw, character. I saw that myself too. Which actually started within the last few, within the last few seasons, especially with being, having to be married to Ramsay and Ramsay doing what Ramsay did, being Ramsay. And... <laughs> You know, and it's just she's starting to turn into a darker person and she's starting to give in to her darker side, which I feel like is going to inlie a big problem with these last two seasons. Especially like the first couple episodes are all named after like Danny, and it really concerns me that I think they're going to kill off Danny before they kill off everybody else. And then I just think the dragons are going to go. Berserk. I don't think so. I think Daenerys will be at the end. I feel like... But I don't know who I want to take the Iron Throne. But I also kind of want the Iron Throne to be destroyed at the same time. I think Khaleesi... Well, actually, think about it, Baratheon. He's out there rowing a boat still. <laughs> That's true. Sansa, I feel like within the, the last two seasons, is a character that needs to die. And it's it's, it's because of everything she's gone through that she's went from being innocent to darker, like Cersei. And I don't want her to end up like Cersei. Yeah, I don't want her to be Cersei. And then I just Cersei having very having zero remorse for ending and blowing up everybody in. The tower. I hate saying that. That was one of my favorite parts. That <laughs> was one of my favorite parts. It was so cleverly done. And I'm just like... And she even held her son back. But his wife was there. And... For him to jump out. Like, for him to jump out of the window was just... I was like, he cannot live without March. Like, he can't do it. So he just jumped out this window, and Cersei had, like, no feelings towards it. I'm just like, Cersei needs to go. Like, she's needed to go since, like, season one. Okay? Jamie needs to kill Cersei, and I want Arya to kill Sansa. Well, what do you guys think about the theory that Jon Snow and Daenerys are gonna get together and take over the Seven Kings? Relationship-wise, but they're definitely, like, uh, 
like uncle and nephew. I mean, aunt and nephew thing, are they? No, I, would say I, I don't. Like, well, they think John is actually a Targaryen along with Tyrion. So Tyrion's very, very smart. He's already shown us that he's able, to and he can it. already talk to the dragons. I feel like what's going to happen. We need we this season is going to start off with Danny coming over. Some stuff's going to happen in King's Landing. Some stuff's going to happen in the North. Littlefinger, first off, he needs to die. He's got. He's got to go. He, yes. he, he keeps. Baelish has to go. Baelish has to go. With the status quo, hardcore. He's one of my three on my kill list. It's him, Sansa, and Cersei. Take those three out. Now, Littlefinger's Little Fing- Little been on my list for <laughs> since he day killed, one. He killed Sean Bean. And, and you must go. You killed Sean Bean. You yeah. have to go. And it was sad though. Like you can't get too attached to the characters anymore. Like, That's the issue with... Well, it's not an issue. It's, like, one of my favorite things. But, like, getting people that are just now starting it, they're like, oh, I love this character. And you're just over here like, oh, my God. You're here for such a rude awakening in, like, six episodes. I mean, but, like, if you read it, like, because, like, I have it, but I didn't actually read it at yes. the time. But if you read it, and then you're like, well, I can wait. Like, I can just personally wait until they get caught up. And you had to, like, hold that back. Now you have to, like, watch the show because yeah. the show is going a different direction than the book is going. George R. R. Martin was like, no, the book is ending a different way. I'm like, George, we're going to, you're going to be dead before you get this book done. You've been writing thing, it for though. so long. And that's the thing, though. It's like, the directors know how it ends because George R. R. Martin told them. Yes. So it's like. They actually came out and said, like, yeah, none of the cast knows. They will never know. We're just going to film it out. Jon Snow, like, Kit Harrington said that he did not know that Jon Snow was going to get killed. Oh, when he killed. first originally got killed. And then he didn't know that they were going to bring him back. He didn't know. And then he was saying one day that he actually got pulled over and got out of a ticket by telling the cop what happened to Jon Snow. And that Jon Snow lived. And he was like, I don't know. I feel like I lied to that cop. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. You don't even know what happened in your own show. And I was like, like, I wish I could get out of tickets that easily. Yeah, I mean, but seriously, though, that's just going to be a thing about it. If you're a fan of the book with that series, it's like you're, you might never get the next book because George R. R. Martin takes his time. And it's like. Which re- is good because the books are so fantastically written. But at the same time, you're like. Book. I finished this one. It ended, you know, with this huge cliffhanger. I need my next book. George, stop posting pictures of you in 1978. Stop posting pictures of your dogs. I, Write my book. I feel like the books, like, I feel like the sixth one, which comes out this year, doesn't it? No. It's supposed push, to. Pushback. It's pushback. Yeah. I feel like the sixth one is done other than some minor things that might be going on, and I feel like he's almost, he's working his way halfway, if not further, into the last one. Because, he, like, think about it. He's got all this these fans, right? He's created all these lives that people are taking part of. I don't think that he would leave without having, and that's why the editors and directors know which way it's going to go, without somebody there to finish in case the worst happens. Exactly. That's why, like, well, like, just say. He's got a contingency plan. He just doesn't want us to know that he's closing in on what's going on. Yeah, so it's like the fact that, like, we have technically, what, 13 episodes all together? And yeah. like these are well, you could just put that into one season, but like, like no, no, two. We're gonna draw this out a little longer for you guys, and it's gonna be good. 
They're going to run it out as long as they possibly can because apparently the last season, each episode is going to be like a movie movie link. Yeah, it's going to be an hour and a half long. Shit, so it's like, good God. It's, we're going to be. Make it two hours. Just go ahead and do the Sherlock Holmes shit and call it a day. Yep. Everybody back. fine with Doctor Who? The last thing we talked about. Doctor Who? Okay. Are we going to talk about the new Doctor or the way that no, just was like, going out? No, like just Jodie Whittaker. We fine with it? Back I'm on. fine with it. I mean, times are changing and we have to, too. And I don't know why everybody is suddenly up in arms about female protagonists. Like, they didn't go see Star Wars or they didn't go see Wonder Woman. And they ain't going to go pay to see Tomb Raider when it comes out next year. I'm definitely going to say it. They're acting like it's the end of the world. And it's not because I believe it was the second Doctor said whoever my predecessor is whether it be a male or a female will be fine and now that we have a female doctor everybody is just up in arms about it and everybody's up in arms every time the doctor changes but you that's that's the point of doctor who because you're like we get so attached to that one doctor i my doctor's matt smith so. My doctor is 12. Like, I love Peter Cabaldi, and nobody can tell me anything otherwise. Like, I'm I actually, love the other doctors, but Peter Cabaldi is the, the doctor that I just, I was so in love with Peter Cabaldi. And now we're getting Jodie Whittaker. She is a fantastic actress, and I feel like she's going to do just fine as being the doctor. I'm upset. But I want the companion to be a male, but I don't want, I still don't want the relationship aspect in there. I'm upset. She's not redheaded. That's what I said. She's not redheaded, but at the same time, I just don't understand why everybody is suddenly up in arms about it. And it's just if, like, everybody wanted a female doctor, we get a female doctor, and everybody is mad about it. It's just going to be a it's on the edge of like what you're going to happen. Yeah, and I mean, I don't have a problem with her being a female. I don't. I mean, it's cool. You're giving more, like, young people, like, young girls are getting more people to look up to. Yeah. Because me growing up, I didn't have all that. I didn't have female protagonists to look up to. Like, I had Laura Croft in my video game. Like, pretty much anything else was male-dominated. And now you have Aloy and Horizon Zero Dawn. And you I, have, yeah. I you have, have Samus and Metroid, who's coming back finally. Yes, and so. it's just, it's fantastic to begin this time. It's so grow up seeing all these female. He- female heroes like right now she's obsessed with trolls and she loves the fact that poppy joins all the trolls together and she's like when i grow up i want to be like poppy and if you've seen trolls you know poppy is very outspoken and she's very happy and she wants the best for everybody and she just wants to save her friends at the end of the day and it's just her being 30 and growing up and seeing a world where Wonder Woman is a global event and not just a secondary character in the Justice League. And she's not just behind Batman and getting a new Laura Croft movie and Laura Croft is like popular again and like all of this. It's just really interesting because she's growing up in the age I wish I did grow up in. Minus everybody being entitled and shit. But it's just so interesting watching her grow up with all these female heroes that she can actually look up to. And it'll probably influence her life. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. It's nice to have diversity, whereas it used to be all white men growing up, and then su- subtly they were adding in 
you know, here's an African-American or a Hispanic or whatnot, you know, and now it, it's taking the longest, you know, women coming into, you know, yeah. main, like, standing the same tier. It's no longer about, hey, it's just a white guy who's in, you know, a whole group of white guys. No, we need that diver. We need people of all different races, colors, and genders and backgrounds, you know. Like, looking at, looking at heroines, which I absolutely love one director for his work, Heihan Miyazaki, Studio Ghibli. Yes. Oh, gosh, Studio Ghibli. Uh, owns 17 of the films for a reason. My favorite animated film of all time being Princess Mononoke. Yes! <laughs> that is, that, somebody asked, like, what do you compare that to? For me, that's, like, I know there's Akira fanboys and fangirls out there. Sorry if this toe steps. I toast up every time I tell people one of you know my top anime is Neon Genesis Evangelion. I've heard of it. No, Not I from Shinji. Shinji is a bitch in a stigma. And I hate him. But Mononoke for me is like my animated Star Wars. Ghost in the Shell. Everyone loves. Ghost in the Shell is wonderful. I have not seen the new movie. It was good. It was good. Yeah. It was good. I, I didn't read it or anything like that, but just going in there like not knowing, it was great. I just. <laughs> I have my fear on how, you know, I love ScarJo to death. I just need to know how don't, she's... Don't worry about that completely. You'll, like, you'll see what they did and go like, oh, okay, I don't have a problem with it. As long as she's fine and Bato's fine, love me some Bato. Yeah, Bato was um, awesome, so that was good. Woo! Yeah, we definitely need female powerhouses. It's coming. Everything's coming. Like, ooh, God, you, you realize it. Everything's coming. Like Everything is coming as you just... Everything that's coming, like female dominated or male dominated, is all fantastic. It's all Spider Gwen. Spider Gwen, yeah. Like, absolutely wonderful. Super awesome Spider Gwen hoodie yeah. that I have on that y'all can't see. Yeah. That would be in the future. Get video and shit. You know. Video podcasts. It'd be we'll awesome. get there. We're getting there, like, dang. Well, I think we can wrap up. We should go get something to eat. <laughs> I have pizza waiting for me at home, so I also got to run pickle juice to my best friend's mom. My best friend's mom's getting gallbladder surgery, and she's in a lot of pain, and they want her to drink pickle juice, and I'm like, I got you because all I eat is pickles, so I also have to to go drop some stuff for the works. Oh, yeah. like Let's go ahead and wrap this up. You guys were great. Thanks for coming on. Anytime, uh, where really. can we find you guys at? Look at it. Uh, I'm on Facebook at slash Janali X. Same for Instagram, Snapchat, and Twitter. So are you on Twitter? All mine is the same. It's Janali X. That's it. What about you, bro? Let me uh, check my backslash on Facebook <laughs> and I give that to you. Because I, I actually lied. My YouTube is actually Crazy Sauce Jen. So my YouTube is not Janali. <laughs> but. <laughs> I play games there sometimes. Yeah, like, I saw you go online, like, once on PlayStation. I was like, oh, there's Jenny. <laughs> there you are. <laughs> well, like, most of the time I'm just watching, like, Amazon, because I've been watching rewatching the animated Batman series. Oh, wow. And I'm just I... like, oh, I'm going to rewatch this. I'm like, I don't want people to know how much of a nerd I am, so I'm just going to... I'm just going to hide. <laughs> I don't want you guys to know that I'm just sitting here, like, binge-watching stuff on Amazon Prime. <laughs> what about you, bro? What's good? Uh, me, you can find me on Facebook. If you type in backslash Matorva, M-E-T-O-R-V-A. Um, not on Twitter anymore, even though my account's still active. Anything on anything else, like you're talking PSN, Xbox Live, any of that, it's on there too. Don't have a YouTube at the moment, though. Okay. And, like, this has been a Word of Influence episode 19. 
thank you guys for coming on. Like, if I told you that we did three hours, you'd be like, really? Did we really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh. <laughs> like, just talking nerd shit and like that that was great we just came out of a big away moment you can find this on itunes or in any podcast directory i'll let you two know when it co- goes up so you guys can look listen to it or sh- share it with your friends it's the only thing i ask is that if you come on just share just help help support because like that's what keeps the mics on and allows me to go like continue you know just help spade a spade and it's awesome and like this was fun 26 baby Splatoon 2 this weekend yes <laughs> a lot Valerian of this weekend yeah Valerian this weekend like there's just a lot going on so it's much just a great time to be a gamer it is you guys it's a great been, time to be a nerd exactly <laughs> it's been fun doing this I'm glad that y'all actually came on yeah it's me Perry Morton signing off along with guests Jenny Allison and Jordan Simmons am I right Sims okay Sims and we are out of here